Hello, my name is Cliff Cumber and I am the artist of Related Filth and the artist on Tony Esmond is a movie star and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Spacious. Mm. Yeah. Spacious like and lovely. There's Jason Antelope. in the background. There he is. Him stumbling in. Tripping over to bars. Unbelievable. But okay. That's a delicious salmon trying to cough. Trying to cough. Oh. oh my god. I get I get a kick out of uh, whenever I, I don't know. What you, what the, the impetus for the post was. It was like, yeah, list some of your favorite foods. And, <laughs> and Jason has to say, not toast. No, but GF It has toast. to be G, GF toast. Well, we know it's GF toast. But others might not know. <laughs> oh, my God. Trust me. They don't. They my, don't. my wife knows it's GF toast. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad that you. I'm glad you care enough about me to, to regale your wife with stories of me. One of the few. Oh, One of the few, baby. That's right. Hey, everybody! It's eleven o'clock comics, episode eight hundred and fifteen, and I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed, I'm that dodgy bachelor, Greg Feely. <laughs> you are dodgy, but you are not a bachelor. <laughs> You're ah. Jason Wood, everybody. Here together on one of these same old average good time comic filled episodes provided by or made possible by our patrons. Yep. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. One, one, no apostrophe. Take a look around. The patrons give so much. It's like they're opening their veins for us. And we'd like to re- well, attempt to return the favor we give them audio and video and images and downloads and other stuff and previews videos and they get to weigh in on the book of the month but the real meat on that plate next to the potatoes and the green beans is the dedicated slack channel all day long seven days a week we commune, we talk about comics and movies and TV and family and problems and weight loss and gluten-free GF and toast. all that. Yeah, GF Toast. What's your name, boy? My name GF Toast. GF Toast. Uh, so, my hip-hop name. It's, yeah. uh, it's not GW Bridge. It's GF Toast. MF Boom and GF Toast. So if you would like to uh, join the, the extended family, please, we'd love to have you. Go to patreon.com slash 11 o'clock comics. Take a look around. It's going to be hopping in a couple of weeks with New York Comic Con. Mm. Yep. So uh, join us for that. On and popping. Yeah. What up, people? How you doing? I'm doing all doing right. Early this weekend, this week, giving we, people a little bit early taste yes. of it. Yeah. That's to do. We got to do. Yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, because we're gonna be. We're gonna be early. The. New York Comic Con week, and we've got a surprise for them next week. Um, Keeping them on their toes. Yes, yes, yes. We might have a couple other things happening, so yep. should be good times. That's right. If all goes according to plan, yes. Yep. Uh, something tonight did not go according to plan. 
no. alluded to that. Yes, in, in the production meeting. This is the uh, the part where we uh, do the drink roll call and we say, "Hey, I'm drinking this, and it's delicious." Well, I uh, what what little time I had after class, I stopped at the uh, the wine store and I picked up a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. Because I thought, what the heck, why not kick back with baboos and talk about comics and feel good? Unfortunately, uh, this Cabernet Sauvignon, it's by Santa Ema. It says it's a 90 from Wine Spectator. But I think they transposed the numbers because is it, it is absolute Ooh. swill. Wow. It, it's garbage. It is tastes, it skunked, maybe? It, it's, it's one step away from vinegar. Was yeah, it, was it a, a screw top or corkscrew? Corkscrew. It uh, is. Was the was the cork dry? Did it have was was uh, there? No, the cork is bone dry. Yeah, it's bad, bone dry. The, it, the stuff wow. is is crap. So unfortunately, I tried to make y'all happy, but yeah, uh, the fates would not have it. So I'm drinking. I mean, Absolutely terrible Cabernet Sauvignon. I was going to say, we don't want to put the, the vineyard on blast. I'm guessing it was more of a storage issue. Well, maybe, but it's just bad. It's nasty. Yeah. I would Damn. put it on my salad before I would put it on down my throat. That's probably it hurts. Where, yeah. It hurts. Cabernet Sauvignon vinegar. Dang. There you go. But I'm still drinking it because like, I paid for it. <laughs> there <laughs> Might, you go. There you go. Might as well. Lots <laughs> to do it. Uh, good times. Yes. Well, I am drinking. Uh, I'm drinking iced coffee. Nice. Keeping us, keeping us legit. Mm-hmm. A little Stoke. A little Stoke. Legit, it's my new jam. Stoke. That's my new go-to. Oh. Yeah. I am enjoying what's left of a whiskey sour, courtesy of the Bartesian. Then I'll follow that up with the. Uh, just some water for the rest of the day. Artesian. Nice. There you go. All right, comics. Let's talk about them. All right, let's do it. We should. Yes, because uh, that's idea. that's why people listen. We should make this episode of the show about comics. <laughs> for a change, right? Yeah. Switch it up. I blame this on Rings of Power, right? Because you both know I don't watch a whole lot of television that's not YouTube, right? That's true. Yes. So, um, I, but I make a point of tuning in to Rings of Power every Friday because I think it's great as plodding and slow as it is. Um, I love it. I think it's wonderful. But anyway, so while I'm watching Rings of Power, I see a little... Uh, you may also like, and it was The Boys. Uh, so I love the comic. I think the comic's great, but I never investigated the television show. And here it is, three seasons in, and I'm like, well, why the hell not? I gave it the first episode of Spin, and holy crap, um, I was remiss in my duties because I was missing out on a friggin' great television show. Did that have, first season is really good. You so you've you've watched it? Yeah, I, fin- I finally finished the third season a couple weeks ago. I started it late because I was watching other things, but I pretty much binged it over uh, over a few days. And yeah, I've I've yeah, all, all three seasons have been viewed. Oh. Same. 
Nice, nice. Well, um, if you are, if you've read the comic, I caution you: do not expect a faithful translation of the comic, because that's not what this is. the The big beats are there. The big picture is 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 there in chunks, some of which have been combined with other chunks. Uh, all the motivations are pretty much in line with the comic but if you're looking for a, a beat by beat faithful translation of garth ennis and eric robertson's comic this is not that right you, you both agree with that yeah uh yeah yeah sure I, yes. yeah it's like you said there are core pieces to it that are very faithful and then a lot of uh, artistic license sure yes like uh, I'm not going to list everything that's different, but th there are some pretty significant differences in the show. Like the deep in the show is nothing like the deep in the comic. I mean, they're both morons, but the yeah. the deep in the show is is far more of an idiot than the deep in in the comic, right? And 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 mother's milk also. Yeah, big difference, right? Um, I, I find it really hard to believe that it took two seasons for terror to show up proper. Like the dog was shown early in the first season, but nothing was done. Like it was like a walk on, but then two seasons in the dog comes to prominence. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's very much unlike the book. Um, but the, the inside joke and I laughed out loud during the first episode and you're only going to get it if you've read the comic right the, the the casual viewer the average amazon peruser that that starts watching the boys is not going to pick up on the fact that it is absolutely hysterical and a brilliant and inspired bit of casting that they made simon Pegg, we huey's dad because yeah. Oh, yeah. simon was the model Derek Robertson used for Huey in the comic. And like usually when something like that pops up I'm like, "Oh, that's cute." But but when I saw it, I said that is fucking inspired. That is a brilliant piece of casting that not many people are going to get. Let's be honest. How many people read The Boys? Maybe now more than prior to the show. But going into the show, I I would think the the average viewer outnumbered the people who came because of the comic by a, by a landslide, right? That's just brilliant. Like, <laughs> am, am I investing too much joy in the fact that they did that? Or did you guys not think that was, no, no, I don't think you are. I, I, I love the fact that they were able to find a place for Simon Pegg since he was, I mean, every cover has Simon Pegg on it. So it's, he's obviously in my mind, he's part of the series and, and right. whether anything and if anything live action was going to happen, everybody figured, you know, hey, Simon Pegg is going to be a part of it. And and the fact that here we are, you know, years later, that the, the series is pretty much pretty much ran its course by the time the series, the, the, the live action series come, comes about. But they still find a place for him. He's older now, so he can't really play Huey as he appears in right. the comic. But the fact that he's actually... Huey's dad and not just some random dude or somebody who works for Void or anything like that. He's actually related to the guy he's supposed to be in the comic. I, I no, it, it was it, it, 
absolute highlight. That it, it's a diamond. That that little move is a diamond. It glistens so beautifully because it's just plain inspired truth. It's a wonderful bit of casting. Sorry, I enjoyed the hell out of it. But anyway, um, you say Carl Urban, and I say, what time do I tune in? Right. I thought he was friggin' phenomenal in Dread. He's great in the the Kelvin verse, uh, the Star Trek movies. So he was the hook. Not only the fact that I read the comic, but the fact that Carl Urban is in it. I'm like, all right, I'll give this a try, and I loved it. I think it's great. I've only watched. I'm I'm almost done with season two, and I think the show is just wonderful. I, I've added a new phrase to my lexicon, which is fucking diabolical. <laughs> that that will be used many many times uh the 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 real surprise for me is uh anthony Starr, who i think is just amazing as homelander he yes he a- a- anthony Starr is fantastic as homelander and and jason and i were aware of him on the show banshee uh and he's yeah he, he's he's somebody who i enjoy seeing on on the show um getting back to carl urban i it's i don't know if i've seen everything the man has done but i mean whether it's it's lord of the rings whether it's dread whether it's one of the born movies whether it's the boys it's i have seen a lot of the man's work um you didn't mention star trek that's weird oh you already did you, you mentioned it was bones but yes you're right yeah and and but still yes he's, he's coy on star trek and he's he's fantastic because he's he's got a little bit of he tries to do a little bit of the forest kelly stuff but he, he's as everybody else is on in those movies he made it his own his own character it's great um but anthony star is is absolutely fantastic yep um jack quaid is great as Huey. Yeah, I uh, warmed up to him. He's a little bit of a of a pain in the ass early yes, on. As yeah, cause but he's, he should be. He's right? you. He's the viewer. He's, yeah, he's he's in this world now, and and, and we're, we're we're along for the ride. Um, I guess I, if you're cover, uh, I think he's much more um, conventionally attractive in in the show than than well, in the book. Like, yeah, he's a total geek, like to yes. the point where you you like it, it's it's stark to think that he could land her right yeah. like in this i mean he's a handsome dude at least i think but but uh so, so I, I do think it plays differently the vibe plays it well and, and in the comic huey's british and no yeah. of course well, sure, yeah. yeah yeah but i'll tell you i would drive a school bus full of wall through a wall of nuns to get at starlight uh, yeah. There, there's not too not much. Of, she's your type. She's she, the, uh, dead center. She's the, the, the blonde who needs a, a sandwich or two. Dead yeah. center. Dead center. Yep. yep, yep. The uh, and, and and she's and, a good and, actress it, too. She yeah. is. There, there was um, and and I think I really um, season. Every, I enjoy all the characters, and I and and there's some that I may not necessarily overlook, but I don't really focus on during some seasons. But then. There are others out of the three. There are other seasons where I'm like, okay, this is basically their time to shine. And I think I, I think Frenchie had a great time in in the third season. I, I oh nice, yeah. I think I and and I think you'll see it. And and there are it, it, what, what's what's neat about the show for me anyway is that they really, um, it's basically. I mean, with the exception of maybe Homelander and. Uh, 
and and butchered a really like almost almost not everybody but but there are a lot of people who who could be expendable and you don't know if they're going to make it and 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 i like that because normally you know you see a bunch of superheroes and or or at least the stars of of a show and, and you're like well there's you know they'll get out of this or there's no way this is going to happen to them or or, or but that's you'll see as as the seasons continue that, that that's not necessarily true and um my wife watched the first season because you know she wanted to see how how crazy it was, and it was crazy. And the second season, no, uh, she tapped out. Uh, I don't. I think she may have finished it with me, but she uh, she she was done. She Stormfront was was enough for her to 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 say peace out. And and I finished. I, I watched the third season on my own. But yeah, I get it. I I understand completely. Uh-huh. But yeah. there there are people like that in the world. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. why, listen, I don't need I, that in my entertainment. So. Right, but <laughs> I, I want to reach through the screen and and choke the shit out of her. But absolutely, that I think that's a, a you know, uh, Aya Cash take a bow because she's despicable in the series. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. wonderful, wonderful actress. Uh, I Elizabeth Shue was outstanding in it in the first season. She was just amazing. She's a handsome woman. Uh, and that's not a qualifier for anything other than my eyes, but I thought uh, her ability—not only Carl Urban, but when I saw Elizabeth Shue was in it—that kind of legitimized it to me because I thought she was wonderful, uh, and equally despicable, right? Well, not equally, but midway up the despicable scale. She's no Stormfront, but she was a diabolical mastermind, right? That was manipulating her uh, her tools, I guess. I, I think the show's great. I'm I'm stoked. I'm probably going to watch a couple episodes after we're done recording tonight, just to get up to speed. Uh, Urban, he's a handsome, handsome motherfucker. No doubt. No oh, doubt. good guy. And and I love the fact that he can go from playing a semi effet doctor in Star Trek, and then you know, uh, I think Dread is in the same side of the mind as butcher so that i mean i know i knew he could do it going in but he's really good as butcher like very good Mm -hmm. Uh, in fact he's more butcher than to me than the character in the comic if that makes any sense sure yeah yeah, he really has no it seems like he has absolutely no problem at all flipping that switch to be to be just an absolute cock and, and yeah cunt but it, it's just yeah he's just he yeah they throw that word I mean, a lot it's acting but yeah it's still one of those things where it's just like you really are you're, you're a prick you're a prick and a half and i can't believe you are the same person that i enjoy in this other thing and it's just it's he's he's a credit to his craft but the thing my my, my boy giancarlo esposito getting it done yes yeah. i was yeah because once uh you know vince mentions elizabeth shoe of course and um he, yeah, you know, Juan Carlo comes in and he just he he basically owns every scene. He's whatever, <laughs> regardless of what he's in, whether it's whether it's 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 book, book whether it's Mandalorian or whether it's you know Breaking Bad and Better Call. It's just whatever he's in. I just I can't look away. Yeah, but it's so it's to the point now where it's like, oh, it's Gus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's so stupid. It's not Gus, but it is Gus, right? Because yeah. yeah, that that true. role he, was so powerful that. And, but I just he does it and, bad, actually, and uh, and and better. And I just watched the final season of Better Call Saul, and uh, 
Yeah, man. Yeah, for, he, he's he's one of my favorite villains of. Yeah, he's very he's very very sure. good. Yeah, he is. And and but whereas with with Carl Urban and and even even you know Anthony Starr, whether it's this or Banjo, you know, actors will kind of change their look for a character for a show. Juan Carlos just he's all it, it's like he's he's like he's like Michael Cera. It's just he's that that's who he is. It's yeah. just Asper. whoever whatever yeah. character it doesn't matter what he is that's just that's who you see that's yeah it's Gus uh this the my favorite scene out of the two seasons so far was when um homelander is with doppelganger and he's he's in the guise of of elizabeth uh elizabeth shoe what was her name madeline stillwell whatever and he he transforms into Homelander. He's like, you're going to look into your own eyes when you come. <laughs> and Homelander goes, you're pathetic. He just like snaps his neck. Like that is just, it's wonderful. It's the, the, One of the things, the minor, minor criticisms I have with the show, I don't think it's explicit enough because... It's that American dichotomy between sex and violence. They'll show right. somebody being blown up, their face ripped off, a gun plunged into their forehead, somebody beat to a pulp on the hood of a car. Like, that's fine. But if it's intimacy or, or just flat-out sex, uh-uh, we can't show that. We got to hint yeah. at it. Like, come on. Yeah, you. I mean, I, I would generally, having watched all three seasons, I would – well, I think I, I I think I like the comic more than a lot of people from what I gather in the last year or two when I see people react to it versus the show. But I think the show is I probably like the show a smidge more than the comic, like on a apples to apples comparison. But I think to you, your point, Vince, I do think if it does suffer from something, it's exactly that. It's the, it's the it's this strange American pur- puritanical dichotomy that we live with where can't show a titty sure can't show a vagina but you can you can you can spend 10 minutes on cgi of disemboweling something and right pieces like it's, right. it's it's so strange and it is also so american i mean i as you know i mean i europe and, and japan and and japan you know the two, two other sources where we get most of our fictional entertainment like it's just a complete anathema to the way they would approach it so exactly it's, it's weird, but yeah yeah because the comic is far more explicit in terms of sex than the show. I think they're on an even keel when it comes to the violence, but that's lowball, right? That's low-hanging fruit. They're going to go for the violence. The the scene with the freaking whale was, was ridiculous. Yeah. It's just a wonderful show. If you haven't watched it yet and you do have the prime, I would suggest uh, firing up the boys. It's a, it's a really good time. Yes, sir. I, uh, yeah, going, it, it, I didn't expect anything going in. Maybe that was the way to do it. I had, I, I, I think the comic is great. Uh, I, in fact, love it. But it's not a sacred cow. Like, if they fucked up the boys, I'd be like, right. oh, well, they fucked up the boys. Uh, but no, I think they, they do the comic proud. They do Ennis proud. But it's different. Just, I mean, if you're a fan going in not expecting a panel by panel translation of your one of your favorite comics because yeah. this is definitely not that yeah 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 i i i have a, a lot more to say about it but i i don't want to beat a dead horse i, I just it, it's it's just flat out wonderful 
Well, we'll wait until you you finish the third season, so this way we can kind of because I don't yeah I don't want to go too far astray and 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 hint at things that are that, that you're about to witness and and I'll just we'll wait until it'll um yeah maybe it can be the uh, the the just sitting around shooting the shit topic we have uh, when we're chasing it's oh it'll it, it's I'll, it'll be consumed by then yeah right nice. right yeah 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 so yeah I think Amazon's done a nice job like that and I think uh, the Invincible. Uh, cartoon I think is also excellent it's it's very I was pleasantly surprised by how R-rated it is and hyper violent um, well you know so, what knowing that mm-hmm. they did a good job with this I'm more willing to uh, I, again in, Invincible is not a sacred cow of mine so no, I'm, I'm yeah I'll go in with zero expectations and maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised no I haven't checked out the boys diabolical which is the cartoon that they have of it but I know a lot of the actors are also the voice the voices on the cartoon. I didn't yeah. know there was a cartoon. Yeah, yeah there's uh, diabolical. Yeah, it's all it's it's kind of like um it's it's like an anthology type series where it, almost every episode I think has a different look. Shut up. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So like a Matrix Reloaded type thing. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, shit! Star Wars, uh, the 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 Star Wars show that, that was on Disney Plus, uh, yeah. Visions. It, it's, yeah, so it's and it is. It's it's on my watch list. I haven't gotten to it yet. And and I and you just reminded me. I need to. Jason reminded me. I need to finish Invincible. But um, yeah, no. There's there's. Uh, I think there there are some things where yeah, Amazon does this. Not. I don't watch. Oh, it's an Amazon show. I got to watch it. But they the things that I do enjoy from them, whether it's you know. Marvelous Miss Maisel, uh, Tales from the Loop, uh, Love these Tales things from that the we're Loop. mentioning now. So I mean, yes, yeah, they, there are some things that are just that I can't not watch. I can't look away from. And and right. um, so I mean, again, Amazon's not they're not a Netflix killer. They're not stopping me from you know subscribing to HBO Max or anything like that. But they they do have some some things worth your while if if you're a Prime member. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a movie that's not one of theirs or like a first run movie amazon's loaded with a bunch of shit like there's just a lot of filler but what are you gonna do you gotta fill the coffers right (laughs) if you like liam neeson do they have things for you oh yeah exactly amazon's going to spend in the next two years more on content for streaming than netflix believe it or not I'm not entirely enamored with Netflix. Like, I, I mean, I think it's a necessary yeah, it's, evil. Yeah, There's some good stuff on it. But for the most part, um, like I said, it's YouTube for me most of the time. Uh, may, there's, that, there's, that may be a, a, long... a sad indication of what where my mindset is. But whatever. There could be a dry spell, though, when you're waiting. Like, if you do binge something, and that, like me right now, with whether it's The Blacklist or, or Better Call Saul, waiting for the final season. Like, there's, there's almost... I'm not going to say there's nothing for me to watch on Netflix because I'll try to find something to 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 binge. It's a handful of episodes. Like I finally finished. I finally watched the second season of Russian Ball, which I really enjoyed. But again, there was a long gap, and COVID or not, but there was a long gap between the two seasons. So there can be quite a dry spell when you're waiting for something to come back or continue on Netflix. Did you watch Doro Hedoro? On, on oh, you should. It's very okay. very good. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, do you have a VPN? Yes. You can do what I did. You just just go to the UK with it and then watch Better Call Saul Season 6. Oh, sweet. All right, thank you. Yeah. Yep. That's, di- that's diabolical. That's diabolical. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. I just, I'm, I'm giddy how good the show is. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. 
Excellent. Well, we had, uh, as we are oft doing, uh, some some back channel conversations about the book of the month and uh, the direction we might go with that. And in our back and forth, a few things were thrown out that uh, got voted down by by us for different reasons. But one thing in particular that got mentioned, I was like, oh, huh. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, if we're not going to do that for book of the month, maybe I'll just read it because I own it. I've never read it. And it it sparked that, you know, the, the, the mention of it sparked the curiosity. So I finally uh, sat down and read The Filth. Wow. Yes. Well, welcome to what? 2003? 2002. Two. Yeah. Uh, for I'm sure many listeners know, but for those who don't, it is the filth is uh, was a Vertigo series, a 13 issue maxi series, I guess they would call them back then, um, written by Grant Morrison with incredible art by Chris Weston, Gary Erskine. Um, it was the it was the the it was the first creator owned work Grant wrote after the Invisibles, and I don't remember why I didn't read it when it was coming out. I think it just didn't I don't know it didn't pierce the veil for me. Um, and then when we when it got mentioned last week in our chat, I. I I said, oh, I, I own the collection. And also, I was thinking about how it was on a very short list of Grant Morrison books that I've never read. And what really made me want to sit down and check it out is that it's Grant's self-professed favorite work of theirs. That they, they call it their favorite, their best work. So I thought, well, well geez, it, it, I'm I'm like many consider myself a, a pretty big Morrison fan, and how have I not read what Grant thinks is the best work of their career? So uh, I, I dove in, and I loved it. I loved it, and I will say this is um, on the on the sliding scale of Grant Morrison accessibility meter. This is almost pinned to the far right. In that it, this is this is the wild and crazy Grant Morrison, the huge ideas thrown at you in rapid fire succession. Grant Morrison, uh, f- for some that's a complete saltpeter turnoff. For others, it's the reason they love Grant Morrison. Uh, I have said generally, I think it's his big ideas or their big ideas are what um, uh, make Morrison an all timer, but. That's not to say there haven't been things that Morrison has written that I didn't love. Um, but I generally do enjoy uh, Grant's work. And this this was this is a book and, and I assume you've read it, Vince. Have you read it? Yes, sir. Okay. I have and read that, it. Oh go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go, go ahead, Vince. I, di- I I have read it, yes. Okay. Uh, Dap, I assume you have not. No, I have not. Okay. So yeah, I'll I'll yeah. I'll get to it, and then we can talk about how I can welcome to two thousand two. <laughs> um, so so 
Uh, did you did you do you love it? Do you hold it in high regard, Vince, relative to his other works? Oh yeah, there are other works. Yeah, I I think it's up there with his um in his ovoir. Right, we keep making that mistake. It's there, but yes, uh, yes, there. Sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I definitely like it far more than like Sea Guy or yes. or those those little piddly. And I, I yes. hate to call them little piddly because he is always high concept, even when he's relatively slumming it but you're you're exactly right when there's two when you say there's two grant morrisons there's the 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 grant morrison that's trying to be accessible within his limits and then there's the completely self-indulgent grant morrison the disinfo grant morrison and i say that because um grant morrison gave a series of 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 speeches for this um online presence called disinfo it was a richard metzger uh very much slanted towards magic and the occult and um the paranormal and and morrison spoke at a couple of events and he became not the poster child but he's in their books he was among their speakers so that mm-hmm. there's the grant morrison disinfo version and then there like that's definitely in the invisible side of things and then there's the uh, crisis, you know, I'm trying to play nice, but I have big ideas still, Grant right. Morrison. So, but I think definitely the filth falls into the disinfo side of things. It's very much cut from the invisible's cloth, like you said. Absolutely. And so I, I, Sorry. I went back and checked some things out. It looks like, uh, and, and Grant is often on their own journey. So sometimes they will say things in print or about. A, a particular work, and then years later, we'll say quite different things about the same work because they they have you know, they they have their own reconceptualization of 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 their career as they go. But but as it stands, he uh, they originally called the filth was going to be uh, Morrison envisioned the filth as um, the second part of a trilogy, the Invisibles being the first, the filth being the second. Uh, and then a, a third work called Indestructible Man as the th- as the final chapter. Um, th- that that work, as many were probably wondering, never never came to fruition. Morrison subsequently said that Flex Mentala was actually the beginning of the trilogy. Invisibles being the middle meat, and the filth being the finale. So mm, that's interesting. So right. So so Morrison has now. Recast this as the finale of of the conceptual trilogy, and that that's really neither here nor there. I, I only bring it up because I think lots of people have read The Invisibles. Uh, I think far far fewer people have read Flex Mentello or this. So, uh, but but it does speak to Grant's viewing those three stories in the way that they're presented as being at least connected to some degree. Um, but but what is it about? Well, I will say. In, in stark contrast to The Invisibles, because it's only 13 issues, there's much less room to breathe. Um, I mean, The Invisibles is, what, 59 issues, something like that? I think, yeah, around there. Yeah. Uh, so while there's tons of high-concept stuff in The Invisibles, and probably most people would consider it his, his best work, or at least it would be up there if we were polling folks. Uh, this deals with many of the same concepts head on with much faster pace 
there's not much room to breathe. It's 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 more of an action film uh, of sorts. And, and I introduced myself as, as Greg Feely. That's the character in question is uh, is named Greg Feely, or at least that's what we first know him as. And and at the heart of it is there's an organ an, an organization called the Hand. Uh, it's it's not dissimilar to say the Men in Black idea. Uh, they're an extra powerful organization. Uh, they they have authority that seems to supersede governments, borders, boundaries, laws. The, 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 the hand has power over all that to do what it needs to do. And, and basically what the hand is doing is keeping uh, our reality on a path they call status QA, status quo. Um, Greg, when we meet him, is just a bloke, a quote-unquote dodgy bachelor living in England just doing his own thing pretty mundane life goes to work uh loves porno mags is it's got a massive collection of porno mags who doesn't has, right has a cat that he tony his cat loves his cat and a pretty boring mundane life um but uh, as it turns out um a a fetching uh female uh named miami nil shows up at his house in a kind of a, like a space costume, big Afro looking like a badass bitch. And she says, you're not Greg Feely. Um, you are Ned Slade and you are agent nine ninety nine of the hand. You're one of our best. And we need you to come back to active duty. Effectively. What we're led to learn is that, um, Greg Feely is a, uh, Para personality. It's it's a, more an idea, essentially a, a a a changing your your identity, but but through scientific means. So you believe it. You you're living a different life, uh, and he has to shed the Greg Feely para personality to become Ned Slade, and uh, and go back to work. And he's very reticent about this. He doesn't remember being Ned Slade. He's completely overwhelmed by the craziness of the. Of of the hand and its 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 base of operations and and the the stark reality of of there being much more to the the world or the universe than 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 he was led to believe when he was living as Greg and um, he, he's the reluctant hero but he's he's brought back into it quickly um, and uh, and then it goes from there and 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 essentially it, it's it's part story of the week and part bigger narrative. So there, and, and it's that executed by he and Miami Nil and other members of uh, of the group going to uh, fix things that are screwing up the status quo, and and in Morrison fashion and with the book titled The Filth, this deals with some of the the grimier, grosser components. We learn that the hand there's subdivisions of the hand, uh, and and the, the group that they were for is the filth. And Ned's one of the, the 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 commanders of the filth, and what their job is is they're basically the garbage men. They're the cleanup crew for the just the nasty stuff, like the just the gross things that shouldn't exist. Uh, and as he's going through these missions, confronting uh, the realities, or 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 I guess what we're led to believe are the realities of of this world, we're just confronted with just crazy ideas. I mean, there's um, there's one you may remember, Vince, where they're uh, they're called in to la to uh by the police because uh, the police have have um come across a, a a naked porn star named anders uh climax <laughs> and and anders is 
um, wandering about, not sure of, of how he got there. And he's working for a producer named Tex Porno. <laughs> it's spelled like French, like with an E-A-U, but, but Tex Porno. Uh, and Climax's claim to fame is that he is a um, jet black load. <laughs> and, and 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 it's so weird because it's like what's it got to do with anything? But that's that's his that's his claim to fame, and that's mm-hmm. why that's why Tex Porno wants him. And and but then from there, Tex Porno takes the black load and converts it through this very Kirby esque looking device into gigantic killer sperm that then fly all over L.A., literally piercing through fertile women's wombs and killing them. <laughs> And 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 so uh, so Ned and, and his crew have to have to stop this. They have to put this to an end. <laughs> we got to stop this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 it it goes from there. And and there's there's a, a part where um, where where there's a giant pleasure ship, and everyone's very cult like, and and one of the leaders of the ship has captured the president of the United States and has grafted giant titties onto the president and is making the, and the president's brainwashing into acting like a stripper and um there's a there's a one of the members of ned's team at the filth is named dimitri nine uh, it's a russian chimpanzee cosmonaut who is now one of the world's best assassins um just lots of crazy non-sequitur ideas whatever was popping into morrison's brain at the time uh and they go through these adventures but the cool thing about it, and why I think probably Morrison himself or themselves thinks of it as one of their best works, is that you have these seemingly crazy non-sequitur adventures going throughout the book. But the final few issues tie it all together with a ribbon. And and that's something that is hard to do and also something that Morrison has not done in some of the, some of their other works. True. True that. So yeah. and, and that was a very satisfying surprise because I was enjoying this enough 10 issues in to the 13. I was enjoying this enough for what it was that if the next three issues were just more of that and we were just the end and it just all the book was was getting a glimpse in the life of this strange organization for a, a, a time, it would have been great. But the fact that we then bring it all together have a couple very big reveals that make you realize that all of the things we've seen that seems non sequitur do tie in together, albeit in a very high concept way, but they do tie together. Uh, and the character that we've been following along, Ned, aka Greg Feely, and this idea of these para personalities, they flip the script on that. Maybe the para personalities are the are the fakes. Maybe the real people are the fakes. There's a lot of questions there, and I'm being vague there because I don't want to. I think some of the fun is, is, is unraveling on peeling back that onion and seeing that the, the conclusions and say, having that aha moment, but really well done. And I have to say that, um, Chris Weston, where has he been all my life? Uh, I think the only thing I remember reading of Weston's was, what was that called? The 12? Was that what that, that 12. was? Yeah. With JMS. Yeah. yeah. That, that's he the also old... did ministry of space too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I so mean, among of... other things, like where have you been? Yeah, well, it's the thing. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I've read other work of Weston's, but when I hear his name, 
all I think about is the 12, and that was well over a decade ago. Right. Uh, I don't feel like Weston's done anything in comics, at least not U.S. comics in the last decade. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, it's, it's, he's, he's a brick. Yeah, artist, yeah, so, yeah. But, but the work, perfect for this. Perfect for this. M- much like, to your point, Vince, about the boys, I-, I think that book wouldn't have been, that comic wouldn't have worked with a certain art style, you know. It it needed that, it, it needed that, 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 slightly grimy organic look to it to make it feel nasty and that's what this is weston does that the, the characters aren't beautiful they're flawed but but yeah. they're but but he's but he's a very competent draftsman so so you you see the you see the the amorphous monsters and you see the 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 sexy time orgies and you see the hyper violence and you see the kirby-esque sci-fi settings and you see the godlike deity moments and these high concept moments all rendered with equal expertise and that is extremely difficult to do there are a lot of very very talented comic book artists who couldn't pull off all of those different things much less do it all in one book so uh while i think anytime we're talking about a morrison project grant morrison in in quotes capital letters is often the main focal point because it's birthed from their brain but I do think, for me, uh, this book might have been far less enjoyable if it were drawn by someone else. I think Weston's style worked really, really well with this, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad for it. Um, it, it. A perfect example, I, I don't, I, you mentioned Sea Guy. I'm not a fan of Sea Guy. Part of my reason for sea, I'm not being a fan of Sea Guy is I'm not a huge fan of Cameron Stewart's work. At least in that aesthetic, it did. I don't think it was a good fit. So. Yeah, you know, I, I I really have to agree with you. I I mean, um, the Sea uh, Guy and what was the miniseries he did with Morrison after that? Um, the the Superman spinoff. The uh, oh, um, the, mm. the black version of uh, what the frig is the character's name? Um, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway. Uh, yeah, he's too clean for me. Way too clean. Right, right. But uh, as far as Weston goes, like you're missing a boatload of Weston in 2000 AD. He's got tons yeah. of stuff. You know, that's a big, that's a big white space for me. Yeah, 2000 AD. There's a crap ton of dread. Yeah, he did Fantastic Four: First Family with Joe Casey. Yeah. Uh, there's okay. he did um, <laughs> Nemesis the Warlock, friggin' Strontium Dog. Um, yeah, it's all, it's all white space for me. That's weird. Yeah, yeah, it is. But uh, but but I've meandered enough. I will say though that 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 very glad that uh, we always talk about how we have these huge Regina piles and and it, sometimes it's fun just to let to pull the string of uh, it was a minor. We we were the three of us were banding about a list of books to potentially choose from the list of nominations, and the filth was one of the things. Uh, or or um, was it the filth? No, it was uh, it was another Morrison book, right? And uh, and I said, well, if we're going to talk Morrison, we should, let's talk about something like the filth or sure, right? And and then that and then that just kind of sparked me saying, well, you know what, let's. And and so I it's, I love when that happens. Just you you we have all this stuff we can read, and sometimes we get bogged down in the well, I got to read this because it just came out, or that's what people want to hear us talk about, or that's what we're gonna. And and it was fun just to have something in my possession that uh, I hadn't read for no good reason, 
and uh, and then jump into it completely unplanned and and be blown away by it. It certainly lives up to its reputation. I, it's um, it's too. I just finished it yesterday, so it's too it's too new in my head for for me to weigh in as to whether where where I think it stands in Morrison's vast and nearly unmatched bibliography. So I'm not going to go out and say this is top of the list for me for Morrison. Uh, I need some time to pass on that, but but it certainly is very very good Morrison. Right, I think. right. Uh, the series I, I was. Believe, uh, I'm sorry. I, I believe the uh, series you were looking for, Jason, was the Zenith. Zenith, right? Yes, that was one of the nominees, and we were clock, we were talking about maybe choosing that, right? Yeah, I was thinking of Manhattan Guardian. That was the the camera. Oh, story. right, right. Okay. Oh, the yeah. Seven Soldiers stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But oh, last uh, did the Seven Soldiers book. The yeah, the Guardian. Oh, Manhattan. I did read that. Okay, I just didn't remember it was him. I that that may. I love Seven Soldiers. I, well, I, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that whole effort and the way it all ties together. Yeah, it, it's really well done. The takeaway when you say the filth, I think of that same fourth wall shredding um, art influences quote reality more than we would tend to believe that he did an Animal Man. There's a lot of that in the filth. Um, definitely, that's that's I the big to be vague about some of that. But yes, there's definitely the breaking of the fourth wall. What is reality? How do ideas shape reality? Right, How that's the I big picture. On reality, yes, for me. But no, it's just a great series. It, it's 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 disgusting, disturbing, uh, super explicit, and unlike anything, uh, if the Invisibles didn't exist, the filth would be his Invisibles, or sorry, their Invisibles. Definitely. And I wonder if when it came out, since it came out two years after The Invisibles, it was the big thing he they were doing after The Invisibles, whether that impacted its reception. Because it, I, I feel as though no matter how good something is, when it follows the best thing someone's done, right? it tends to feel like a letdown. So I don't know if people thought less of the filth because they had just read for six years The Invisibles and were still coming down off of that high and thought, oh, Grant's going back to the well with some of these ideas in a different way. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, but I don't, I don't remember, because it was 20 years ago, what, what the perception of the filth was at the time. Right. Well, I mean, while we're on the subject, what... Is your favorite Grant Morrison work? Ah, uh, wow! Um, this would be an ideal top five list, I, I would think, um, because there's so many. Uh, part of me wants to say it changes, often based on what I've read most recently. Um, l- like for sure on the short list for me are the invisibles doom patrol his x-men run uh seven soldiers all-star superman um yeah i think all-star superman would be on most people's lists what's that i think all-star superman would be on most people's lists right so so and this is not a controversial view people have heard me say this many times 
for me, All-Star Superman is my favorite Superman comic. Now, as I always caveat that, I'm also not the world's biggest Superman mark. So, like, I know our boy Dap is a huge Superman mark, and All-Star Superman is not in his short list of favorite Superman stories. See, so, I don't think that's controversial at all. I think All-Star is a beloved series um, among yeah. Superman fans and non which is okay. the reason why it, it it it's so powerful is that he managed to touch uh, or or at least uh, attract a following that is not beholden to Superman just because of the powerhouse team of of Frank Whiteley and and Morrison on a series like holy like you're not going to read it you know but it's in terms of the quality of it it's up there with I think the best things he's he's written but for me I, it's got to be Doom Patrol. I think Doom Patrol is sure. the best thing he's ever wrote, written. Sure. Uh, damn I, it, I, they. Shit. I know, I know. We've, we've, we've screwed it up a hundred times already today. I, I tried desperately. I kept saying, make sure you don't screw it up. And then, fair enough. Um, well, it's kind of it's kind of their fault for, for going so many years with allowing it to be his. So I was having this conversation with Colin, my super liberal communist, self-professed communist. <laughs> <son>. <laughs> At college now, and this may be the, the way at a lot of colleges, but he he goes to GW as you you know, and it's super it's a super liberal college, and they have to introduce themselves in every class with their pronouns and all that. And we were talking about that and whether it's hard for them to he and his friends to to do that. And he's he's young enough. I mean, he's nineteen that it isn't hard, but it's still not natural. Whereas my thirteen year old lives that life. He never makes a mistake with anyone's pronouns because it's just a part of he understood like that's just embedded in part of what you do and how to yeah how to yeah. Um, but I, but we were talking somehow or another we were talking about uh, the journey and how even when you are an ally, there are things you need to be hopefully given some grace on, just because of you you've been conditioned, and it doesn't excuse it like it it doesn't. But but it, it it's just you you're wired a certain way for a long time. And I mentioned Grant Morrison specifically because I said to Colin, and this is funny that we're I said you know Grant Morrison is one of the most important best comic book writers of all time. So you as you might imagine, we've brought their name up many times on the show, and for a decade of doing the show, Grant identified as a male, and so. We've spent decades adoring Grant's work, referring to him, he, him. And then Grant now wants to be known as they, them, and respect to that. But it is often difficult in the shorthand of discussing someone who we feel we know their work so intimately and has been such a big part of it to not naturally slip. And it kills me because there are lots of creators that have been... Uh, become fans of or made aware of in more recent years, and it's not—it's it, not at all difficult to get their pronouns right all the time because they didn't change, <laughs> right? Morrison's pronouns changed very actively, and that does create a confounding <laughs> lack of, 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 of consistency on my part. Right, it is, it is very frustrating, and I apologize. It, I mean, just from my point of view, it's—it's it's exhausting. Trying to carry a mental list of whose pronouns have changed, I, I you know I don't want to offend anyone, but 
as you said, we've spent a, a good amount of time identifying this person as male, right? I, I'm sure if you were friends with the, you know, Wachowskis and you came up with them and watched from the sidelines as they achieved and evolved as human organisms, you'd be the first one to say, no, it's not male anymore. It's, it's female. Get it right. But just being a casual observer into the lives of all these people, it's very, very difficult to maintain a running right. list of of who's who. And, and for, for me, for me also, it is it is because Grant is someone we've discussed a lot. It it, it, it it's it, it like Dappa. I, I as you know, I just watched we watched the Wicks. Ruby Rose. Ruby yep. Rose is someone who, in our lifetime of being fans with them, and as much as we're fans of 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 them. Ruby Rose identified as a female when most of us were first introduced to them. Now Ruby Rose identifies as they them, non-binary. Cool. I have no. Pro- I don't ever screw that up because Ruby Rose isn't someone I think about often. Yeah, and you don't have decades of, of right, work to, right. to, Morrison to refer to. Is very ex- specific, and where Morrison say, is different than even someone like Jan Bazaldua, who we talked about a few months back. Mm-hmm. Because Jan completely changed the way she presents from a gender perspective. Yeah. It wasn't just... When, I see, it was... when I see Jan at a con or in an article online, Jan presents as a woman. So that there's a mental cue there. Mm-hmm. Right. I, uh, honestly, I think the part where we're more apt to continue screwing up and we just have to keep apologizing for it is the non-binary because yeah. Grant yeah. hasn't changed their physical appearance and iota. So, so for for me, it's just I ha- like you said, Vince, I have to con- continuously remind myself to check that. But back to your question, what what is the what is the favorite Morrison work? Um, those would probably be my top five, but I. I mean, but I'm thinking of all the other things I've enjoyed. But I'm with you. I, I think Doom Patrol for me is better than The Invisibles. I don't yeah. know if that. I don't know if that's a controversial no. take or not. I don't think so. I totally agree with that. In, in, yeah. But but where I have to part ways with you, I think the X Men run is trivial. Like that's not even in my top ten. Well, but the, well, okay, but but that's just a difference of how much I care about the X Men. Exactly. How right. you care. Yeah. That's all. I, Morrison's X-Men run is significant to me because it's an X-Men run. And I would argue, and Jonathan Hickman, who does not lack self-confidence, <laughs> um, made the point when he was relaunching X-Men that there have been four seminal – he was going to be the fourth seminal run of X-Men uh, – Sea changing, redefining runs. There was the original run, there was the Claremont run, there was Grant's run, and then he was going to be the fourth. And you know, th- this let's not turn this into a, a side as to Hickman's bravado and 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 ego. But I, by the way, I don't think he was wrong. Now that we look back on it, he was right. But but for me, Morrison's X Men run was triumphant because I love those characters, and the characters were really stale coming out of the '90s and, and really goofy. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if you or Dap feel much stronger about his Justice League run. 
because his character brought an email. With that Howard Porter goodness. <laughs> Not back then it wasn't goodness. No, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, that was, no. That was that was early that was early Porter. Um yeah, I I have I admittedly have not read a ton of Morrison stuff and and of the of Grant's work that I have read um I feel like I've read the things that are a little bit more on the lackluster like like Marvel Boy I mm-hmm. could I could forget about that. That's not. I mean, every time every time it shows up on the form for someone suggesting it to, as a book of the month, I'm 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 in no rush to revisit that. Right, I, mean, I read no it once. No one's going to mention Skull Kill Crew as as the thing right. better for Morrison, right? I mean, I've I've uh, and yes, this is uh, you know it, this is on the list. It's something I intend to read one of these days, but I've still not read Animal Man. Oh, and God. I know, that's, I know. That's that's. that's that's egregious. I know, I know. It is something that needs to be rectified. It just hasn't yet. Um, I didn't read all of his Doom Patrol. I, I, I've read some here or there, but I was also I in my my stupid young mind. I was also pissed because we went from uh, Steve Lytle to Eric Larson on art, and then shortly after uh, the creative team left. Grant came on, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And and so it, that, that that was my own bullshit, um, right? Yeah, you know, I I have I have he Arkham saved Asylum. the book. Yes, he did. He absolutely did. And I and, and as somebody who hasn't read much of it, I I didn't admit that with absolutely no hesitation. Um, I've you know I I haven't read a ton of his Batman stuff. I have arkham asylum i just haven't had a chance to really you know sit down and kind of just take my time with it it's just something that i have i i, I didn't i didn't you know, i'm on record as not really loving final crisis and so there are things where i'm just like i like yeah i i get it i i get why i mean a man had his own convention i understand the 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 the, pe- the feelings people have towards his work i think also superman is absolutely fantastic and you're right it's it may not be it, it may be a top ten, but it may not be a top five Superman story for me. But that doesn't right. mean I, I I don't I dislike it. I think it I think it's a fantastic piece of work, and I I love the fact that someone like you and and other people who are either you know have no real feelings towards Superman or just you know take him or leave him uh, can can read that. And be like, no, that's a Superman story. That's the character I can get behind. And, and the fact that it's just, you know, it's these 12 issues and it's everything you need. And now I'm good. I read a Superman story. I don't have to read anymore. And I I, I think that's great. You have mm-hmm. a Superman story. I I just, um, there are things that, that there are absolutely things. I have Kid Eternity. And, and, and I was trying to push that for, for Book of the Month for months because I found it at, at Bruce Apple. And I still want to read it. And I'm just going to fucking read it. But it, it's, <laughs> so I do have... I have things that, you know, I have Grant works, but I just, I haven't read a lot of Grant's works. And, and like I said, I do need to fix that. As far as the JLA, that was, this was, you know, obviously this was after the Justice League America, Justice League of America, just international, all of that. And then, and then the, the, the Justice League, you know, what that series was done for a short while. And then um, we, 
so he had no Justice League books, then all of a sudden now JLA is back and and it's just like with Johns and and Goyer writing um Justice Society and and say, you know, it's just gonna call we're just gonna call it JSA. DC also had the JLA book. And I thought Grant was trying to bring it back and, and we're gonna have the seven. Um but I it for me it was like, oh it, it, these are just these are crazy Grant Morrison ideas and, and it was kinda hard. I, I thought the the two issues with, with Prometheus as the guy who would kinda take down the Justice League and um I I like some things from Grant's JLA run, but no, I it that wasn't that didn't necessarily get me buying it every month or, or turning me into sure. uh, into a Grant fan. I mean Grant has it's he, Grant has written an insane amount of comics. Yes, um, yeah, uh, his wiki and, pages. And I mean, his wiki page. Has, I have read quite a quite a lot of it. I have to say, um, but uh, but but yeah, Vince. I mean, you asked the question. What were what what would be on your you, you, what would be your list? What would uh, Doom Patrol, Animal Man? Um, I mean, not in this order, but I mean, I think Doom Patrol is the best. Animal okay. Man, uh, Seven Soldiers is great. Uh, Promethea, you can uh, not Promethea. Um, let's see, All Stars up there. There's some uh, diversity. There's yeah, the, I I tend to not count his DCU DC stuff as stuff? yeah, yeah no that that doesn't. I mean it's good. The Green Lantern is good. It is. It's very good. And uh, for those for those of you listening at home, we are experiencing some kind of audio glitch that's been happening uh, with increasing frequency, and we have not been able to nail it down. So uh, forgive us for this. Uh, we don't know where the source. Uh, we, we don't know what the source is, but it, it, it persists. So it's just insane. But we'll get to the the bottom of it. Let's just blame it on Jason, and and be <laughs> be done with it. Okay. So yeah, but yeah, I don't see anything eclipsing Doom Patrol. I think it is the seminal Morrison work. If you ask me what my all-time favorite Morrison work was, it's not a comic at all. It's a a piece he wrote for um, Disinfo. It's in the Book of Lies. It's it's called Pop Magic. By far the best thing he's ever written. I'm sorry, they. God damn it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it's a tough listen, road. Uh, I, I do think that um, there are periods of of Grant's career, right? Ebbs and flows. I mean, not ebbs and flows, but but different. Um, it's one of the things I I, I think uh, I kind of side eye folks when they poo poo Grant Morrison. Yeah, it's silly. Not not because. I totally understand how you could take a sampling of Grant Morrison comics and uh, not vibe with them. Like I do see how, and, and like Dap like has had that experience a bit. But I think if you read a large enough sampling of their work, and I, I just, it, I, I. I I have to side anybody that says that that Morrison isn't one of the best be, be, because just like with Alan Moore, 
or, or others that we might throw into that camp. Morrison has done it on so many different types of work, so many different genres, so many different styles, so many different publishers, so many different artistic collaborators. And it's that is not easy to do. I'm reading his bibliography now, and 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 no disrespect to someone like a Mark Wade who's incredible. I mean, Mark Wade's incredible, but all I know is that I scour Mark Wade's bibliography, and there's a lot of forgettable comics. Yeah, and and that's no disrespect. He's done amazing comics too, but when I'm looking at Grant's bibliography, love or or hate some of the work very little of it is forgettable that's entirely true but and i mean as a fan we all are just to varying degrees you have to admit come on fess up there are times when reading their work yet you're just saying you're trying to be too clever for the average dude like the zurin r stuff in the batman ron Sure, or, sure. or the talky tawny in the crisis. Like, come on. The average reader is going to, it's not going to mean anything to them. The fact that you reached through time to pull an obscure bit from whatever character's legacy into the, the present, that's great. But how many people are actually going to resonate with it? It's not going to click. Well, what I've always said about Morrison is when Morrison hits, it's because they please themselves by doing things like that, but also keep an eye on the higher surface level narrative so that if you're not into the deeper or the more esoteric things that fire off synapses in in their brain, in Morrison's brain, you're still coming away with a story you've enjoyed. Right. Where you can go wrong is when the story is all about the let's throw lots of crazy wild ideas out there and uh, and you either can come along for the ride or not. I don't really care. Now, now and we'll circle back around because we've talked about Morrison now for a long time tonight. I, I will say that filth is right on the edge of that. If it, I, I could see lots of people listening to this who consider themselves Grant Morrison fans not thinking the filth is up their alley. I guess it just matters what exit you're taking to get on yes. the Morrison Highway. Yes. If you're coming from the DCU, the filth is not going to mean anything to you. No, no. But if you're coming from the the, the magical... CK Avenue where you know you you're you're steeped in the esoteric filth is going to resonate it's sure. it's it's batman singing in in crisis that's not going to matter a damn to you mm-hmm. e- even though that was a wonderful moment that's great you know and the whole yellow submarine thing that's you know it's fun but i i think he they sometimes jettison the narrative in favor of the prestidigitation. Do you mm-hmm. get it? Yes. Did the Zurinar thing matter one iota in that story? No. I mean, it was fun. We got a Raph Radia out of it. So I guess it was worthwhile. I mean, as a fan, 
it 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 meant something but in terms of the story i don't think it it was it was just a clever bit of uh sleight of hand that said look i've done my research here's this goofy batman from the past that i'm just going to insert into the story and we'll see if it works and sure. and he, the the uber geeks were freaking out because it was like we remember this but the average reader is like what the hell is this it mm-hmm. makes no sense and I think that's where he loses. They lose a lot of people in that they take their eye off the ball. Right. What's the well, end point? But but right. No 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 doubt. But but I think if you look at the holistic collection of Grant's work, though, it's a small piece of the puzzle. That oh, that very much right. Completely right, right. egotistical and 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 inaccessible. But um, never never ever better when steeped in their own interests look at invisibles uh animal man the filth uh seven soldiers to a certain extent was yeah and uh but write what you know when the the stuff that 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 i have least enjoyed of grant's career have been the shockingly mundane works things like klaus which was drawn by dan mora by the way yeah, uh, so it looked bad, but like, that baffled me. Or or Proctor Valley Road. Yeah, we baffled by that. that I, I think that was. I think they just added their name to that. Could be such a straightforward, like such a straightforward, boring uh, crime comic. It was very strange that that Grant allegedly wrote that. But but uh, the India stuff is. Oh, the eighteen days stuff. Oh, from, yeah, just. No. Jonathan. Well, that so from Virgin, Virgin. Comics? Yeah, the the eighteen days, uh, particularly, but that whole uh, Indian mythology stuff. Right, that right. I, I mean, I, I understand it, and the Mahabharata is one of the greatest stories ever told. It's just fucking colossal, you know. Uh, it would make sense that they would be. Uh, super interested in indian mythology because uh, you know the whole esoteric thing but that stuff was just tepid yeah i i I thought they were doing it just to lend their name to a a struggling line of comics maybe that's true maybe it's not but perception is everything and that's one of morrison's big uh if there's some underlying theme to morrison's work it's that perception vis-a-vis art is very important and has tendrils in reality art affects life and life affects art like that's one of the big themes so i think it's perfectly fair to talk about our perception of their work because uh i think that's a component of being a fan right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's all about perception and uh we could be totally off base and wrong but those are the dangers one encounters when talking about art using those cumbersome words to elucidate feelings on something that was never meant to be right. spoken about when i think about just just morrison's dc work and the way morrison has touched most of the big characters for, for speaking personally the 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 quality and joy I've gotten from them runs wild, runs far and wide. I mean, when I think of the, the Green Lantern 24 issues we just got and 
then Superman and the Authority, which we just got, and then Wonder Woman Earth One, and Metal Men, and 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 then all the Batman stuff, and then of course All Star, Action Comics. Each each of those things to me is very different from one another, and, and as is my enjoyment of it. I I I I think the Wonder Woman Earth One. Graphic novels looked great, and I killed it. I, 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 the stories didn't do much for me. Uh, I thought, I thought the Green Lantern run that we just had was excellent at the start, but it 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 started losing me in the second half. Yeah, what? To be honest, I think the Dark Stars thing killed it. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Um, Superman and the Authority, which I liked well enough, but I I don't. If you were to hand me Superman and the Authority, and you were to hand me All Star Superman, you're never convincing me the same human being wrote those two stories. Right. I think All Star is an anomaly because it's Grant working within the confines of the DCU, being as outre as he wants to be, and managing to make it digestible to the average fan. It's mainstream, but it's it's with an avant sensibility, and he pulled it off. That can, the same cannot be said for the Justice League run or the Batman stuff. I think they're way too convoluted and and clever for their own good. It's when he's working on the stuff that really matters to him, like Invisibles and the Filth and Doom Patrol. That's the Grant Morrison I want to read. Uh-huh. No tethers to the DCU, minimal tethers at best. That's when they managed to just completely well, mesmerize me. I guess maybe where we're part ways is I love Seven Soldiers. Yeah. I loved I loved 52. Admittedly, Grant is one of four writing voices on 52, so I don't know whether how much we credit them with that or not. It, it's all Giffen. Sure. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I, I love I, – where, where I think I, I differ from – from both of you, it sounds like I, I I love Final. No, you like Final Crisis too, Vince, right? Yeah, I like it, but it's just a blip. I mean, it was a well done event that did what it had to do. I I think parts of it are are very inventive and cool. Superman singing is 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 great. In the in the beginning, there was the word, and the word was good. Right, I get it, mm-hmm. but does it compare to Doom Patrol? Hell no, not even no. Um. No, I'm with you. I wouldn't put Final Crisis in the short list for best Morrison stuff ever. But uh, but he I had a, he, had a long, he had a decent run with Batman. He gave us Damien, and and you know there was definitely, so the, the whole Batman incorporated thing. So he he has his fun. But yeah, they're they're definitely. I, I think you can kind of tell where he, he's somebody. And I'm not. Yeah, he, I, I don't say he's just doing it for a paycheck. But I think there's there's you can. You can kind of get a feel after you've read. Uh, I'm sure maybe I'll not speaking for people who read the bulk, almost all of his work, but I think there's there's a bit of a difference when when he's writing something like X Men or Batman or The Flash with with Miller, where that's he's just that's different than his things like Invisibles, The Filth, or or any of his creator-owned, this is me just just going nuts with all my crazy ideas. I, there's 
there's the company stuff and then there's this is for me i'll be um totally honest super gods is, is a disgrace that's what i was trying to remember yeah, oh, right. yeah. It, it's an absolute disgrace uh, not in the attempt but in the trying to define the stuff did not need to be done and it's just to quote Casey Kasem it's fucking ponderous like I, I don't even think I made it halfway like stop 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 writing just don't do it there are certain things that do not need to be delineated in text Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think that is his, whatever he feel, they feel about it, that's the big misstep. I think Super Gods was a major blunder Be- because it's trying to define the undefinable. Like, why even try? Maybe I'm being defeatist, but I, I would much rather see them devote their time to reveling in the esoteric stuff. Please bring us more. Diabetes? Did you just say diabetes? Es- esoteric, not diabetes. How did you? No, you said defeatist, but it sounded like you said diabetes. No, oh defeatist. Sorry, maybe you're you're drunk. Um, I'm drinking coffee. Drunk on coffee. Drunk on coffee. I don't. I I love Grant. I think he's they're wonderful. It's just that when they play in the the big sandboxes, they lose me more Fair often enough. more often Fair than enough. not. Yeah. But I will say one of the best to ever play in that big sandbox. Both of them. So that's something. That's right. I don't think Alan Moore has a story that resonates as a mainstream story that resonates as much as Grant. And and I don't think Watchmen is mainstream. I was just about to say, so you don't count the Watchmen. No, it's not mainstream at all. It, it is the antithesis of mainstream. <laughs> it is. I, I, I don't. <laughs> what about Watchmen is mainstream? Let's take these obscure Charlton characters that we don't have the rights to, transform them into lookalikes, and well, create I, I this incredibly... how we're approaching the, the question. I mean, Watchmen was his treatise on superheroes though sure just because that he he very as we know he very much wanted them to be better known characters dc but, just wouldn't let him but so. he's he's not doing it in yankee stadium he's doing it from the sandlot no that's not big true. it is that's true, true be, well that's not true because at the time the market was so different then that that book was that book was being promoted to consumed by enjoyed loved criticized by hardcore cape and cowl readers that's who bought the book and read it and that's what made the book so special is because nobody that grew up reading cape and cow comics realized that you could make a cape and cow comic that was as elegantly constructed and wonderfully written and tightly uh structured and organized as the watchman and that's why 30 years later it's still the best superhero comic ever made because okay it's, it, but if, that, if that's you... my point like it, it, he wasn't like when i hear you say but I hear you. I mean, I was going to ask the question, would you count Watchmen? If you don't count Watchmen, then sure, I agree with you. What has what Moore ever done in, in the superhero universes that compares to Morrison? Nothing. No, nothing. But if you took a poll of all of the readers of Watchmen and asked them, who's the question? Who's Captain Adam? I would guess that the majority of them would have no idea who those characters are. 
it didn't matter going in right, right. to Watchmen. But sure. the fact that they did not get the license to the Charlton characters and they just thought, well, we got to do something. Let's just make Leica looks. It's still beholden to the past. Well, that's Whether, one of those things where, where it, we'll never know for sure, but as history goes to the victors, it is now viewed as a, as a, a happy accident. That would Watchmen have had the same impact if it was characters we all knew and and, and thought highly of more? Right? Exactly, better, it, so. it, it's one of those lightning strikes things right. that right. will never ever be repeated. There, there will never. That's why I cringe having to read a solicit for a Ronin too. Like maybe it's going to be great, but like oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that it's going to be great. <laughs> if it, if Frank's writing, it's going to be phenomenal. And you don't hold Ronan in that high regard anyway. You're just being facetious. I don't hold Ronan in the regard of Watchmen because nothing. I don't hold anything in his high oh, regard to Watchmen. No, I, I, I'm I'm there with you. Ronan is not even in the shadow of Watchmen. Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, we did it's, book of the month on Ronan. We did the deep dive. It, it's yep. Frank's Frank's love letter to Euro comics. So great. Right. That's yeah. wonderful. But it's 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 a great piece of work on its own. It's just no, for, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what right. else, fellas? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> my goodness, where did we go? I mean, Jesus. Nice job. I love it when we do that. We haven't done that. You know what? Fuck it. We have not done that in a long, long time. Right? It felt good. Down a and, rabbit hole. And I'm, I'm so sorry for screwing up the pronouns. I'm trying. I really am. No, same, same. All three of us screwed it up at some point. This last yeah, time, so. it's they, oh, they, them. Yeah. And, it, you know, coming from someone who has a daughter that that subscribes to that magazine, it's, I'm trying. I really am. For sure. Yeah. And it's, I mean, yeah, and it's, it's, it's like you said, it also, it, it depends on, it, it, it does, as we're we're visual people, and and yeah, as 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 Jason stated, if if you if you express your pronoun as something, but you look like something else, one would expect to be different. It's it it's it's a mental stumbling block there. There and, is. And it's I so, I agree it's, with that. I do. But b- behavioral patterns are the absolute hardest thing to change. Oh, eating, sure, sure. eating, Absolutely. speaking. I mean, it's, it's, we, we've we've been. Now that said, I, I and we've tread this ground before. I don't want anyone to listen to this, especially if they're a new listener, to think that we're not acknowledging we need to continue to try and be better at it. Exactly, I, I, because because uh, I can harken back to I'm sure 30 years ago when our racist ass grandparents were like, "Well, that's how I was brought up," and it's like, right. "No, that wasn't and that wasn't acceptable." So no. I, I I totally understand if if like it is. I'm not saying it's. Just something you should just accept. I, that, that's not right. what I'm saying. But, but I'm saying that, like, please do give some grace because it is never intentional. It's no, never intentional. No. You know yeah. that that was the get out of jail free card for many, many, many years in my family. Oh, hell yeah! It was like that's and, how they were still sure. try to pull that card. Yeah, yeah. that's how they were no, raised. I'm like, well, the card, right? I mean, uh-huh. they're fucking raised wrong. Then <laughs> what else can you say? They were raised sure. wrong. They just but and and you can. That's how we, I was brought up. Well, okay, but you're brought up fucked up. <laughs> yes. Well, we've and, always and, done and, it that and, way. And, well, fuck you then. <laughs> we can, we're we're old dudes who are trying to learn and still learning. And and yeah, I mean, you can say that. Oh, you know, they're they're in their seventies. They're set in their ways. And it's like, well, then that's that's I. 
Yeah. It's, it's no, I will say, now, I will say, and, and I realize anytime I'm saying this as a 47-year-old straight white dude, uh, I do hope, because I have to have some hope for our society, that there is some willingness to uh, extend some kind of um, uh, understanding of the other person, right? Like, to yeah. your point, Dad, if if my 85-year-old grandmom says something that's not politically correct, I'm, I'm not likely to condemn them into thinking they're a horrendous human being that... Right. Right, like, I, because I... As much as I don't think it's an excuse to just not change or be willing to change, I also accept because we're living it now with these non-binary pronouns. It is difficult to change decades of of, yes. of behavior, and so it's if programming. Genuinely willing to accept that they need to change and is giving honest effort most of the time in changing, but occasionally, especially if they're really old, slips up. I'm generally going to be like, okay, like. No, grandma, it's not. We don't say that anymore, right? It's when people use it as a shield, as if, yes. well, you have your way of looking at the world, and I have my look at the world, and we're both right. That's when I get yeah. like, ah, dude, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're not, we can't both nope. be right. One's a six, one's a nine. One of right. us is wrong. It, it's Fair. not, there's <laughs> no way. Like this wine. <sighs> like this wine. Is fucking it, wrong. Like it sucks. But, yeah, it, it should it, have it, lettuce with it, but whatever. <laughs> I just, I was, just, I was I, couple, when you mentioned couple croutons, when you mentioned Ruby Rose, I was just, I was thinking of Asia Kate Dillon, who's also in, um, she was in, I think, the third John Wick movie. She's also in Billions. They're also in Billions. In there, I did, I did, because, be, because they, 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 they go by Taylor on on Billions, and you know, at the start of the show, um, it when when they first came on the show and and as an actor they they use they and and on the show it it's it, it extends to that but um i i'm not sure how they were presented on John Wick but but physically yes even though they're they're not sorry they they don't appear feminine in any sort of way like like Ruby Rose has feminine features and Asia Kate Dillon, not as much, but still, it's 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 still something that I am obviously uh, have to uh, struggle with. But no, it, it is. I mean, and there are students. We have students on campus, and every once in a while, we'll get an I'll, I'll get an email because there was one student who was trying to log into a machine, and, and it was a whole thing. But the I had trouble trying to find out why the hell they couldn't log in. It, the reason they couldn't log in is because they weren't an active student during the summer. But the email address was from a Megan, but it was signed James. And we have no control over my my side of, of the college of IT doesn't have any any say over changing the names in the system. That that that's that's they have to take care of that elsewhere. But um you know it's still now whenever I see them in the hallway it's you know, hey James, how's it going? What but it it's still could look like a Megan, but that's it. They're James, as far as I'm concerned. So, but yeah, it's it's just so, something I I gotta I gotta work on. Yep. There you go. Uh, yeah, I I, I really I this could be. I'll just take the hit. It, it, it's gonna be let down after the great conversation that was just had. But um, 
there was a first issue uh, from IDW. Remember that? They uh, this is the Star Trek Lower Decks number one. I knew it. And it is. Oh man, this this is one of my. This was a fantastic first issue. It's one of my favorite favorite comics I've read so far. The f- favorite single issue since we only got the one so far I've read this year. Um, wow! So visually, it knocks it out of the solar system. It looks it looks <laughs> just like the cartoon, and it's it's and and when you're reading it, you can hear Mariner. You can hear Boimler. Now, I haven't started the most current season because lower decks is, is one of the star Trek series that I like to just binge. I like to watch a bunch of episodes cause they're only a half hour and I don't want to just, I, I, I want to enjoy them and, and kind of just, you know, group them together and, and, and watch them in, in spurts. So I haven't started the latest season yet. Um, but I've heard good things, but as far as this issue, uh, written by Ryan North art by, uh, Chris Fenoglio, F E N O G L I O. Uh, it's it like I said it, it looks just like the animated series, um, but the humor of what makes Lower Deck so much fun is here, and and you've got you know the the same quick wit. Uh, most of the pages in the issue have these little footnotes that kind of read like uh, some snarky under the breath comment, or they'll they'll point they'll point out. Um, some sillier scenes that happen on a page, like when they're in the holo- holo- when they're on the holodeck, and um, they're showing all the different enterprise over the decades and and and, and centuries. Uh, one of them's making like a pew pew noise, and and like the footnote is basically yes, uh, it's here it is. It's 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 now canon that small holographic starships make pew pew noises when they're firing weapons, and and it's so it's just these little. It's just addressing the silliness that's on the page. But when the issue starts, I'm over here. I, I started like taking little notes because as Lower Decks, the Lower Decks loves making fun of all Star Treks that came before it. They'll 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 talk about anything, any little random appearance of some character from the original series or something that, uh, you know, data said to Picard on an episode of the next generation. It doesn't matter. They'll, they'll pull it out of thin air and, and it just make sure that the people who create this show are fully aware of what came before. Uh, and, and this issue starts off with, um, with characters that I saw, that we all saw on, on the episode, the way to Eden, which had, um, Charles Napier as, as, as little, as, as a dude strumming his little like guitar ukulele thing and, uh, calling everybody Herbert's, which was a slang. And, and, and it, it, these characters are here and, and they're being fired upon by some other aliens. And the, the, uh, the Ceratos comes in and, and just tries to defuse the situation. Um, so when that gets handled, the uh, the main um, the, our main cast, uh, you see, um, Boimler is dressed up as a, a private eye from the forties, and he's running one of Picard's Dixon Hills uh, holodeck stories, and 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 it actually um, like. 
Mariner comes in and, and she's like, you picked the Dixon Hill program for us. And, 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 and he's like, uh, he's, he's saying, listen, this is, this is a program Captain Picard played. And, and it, you know, it, it, it wasn't often, it was just like, you know, every couple of years, but, and, and then she points out that, you know, Starfleet did have other captains and they also had other holodeck programs that, you know, you could probably be having fun with, but they, uh, she decides to, as Mariner does, hijack Boimler's plans, and um, and she's like, "We're going to go to another Enterprise." And you were on the inter- we're on the bridge of the uh, NX zero one, which is the original Enterprise, and and you see T'Pol and and uh, not and and um, and and Trip. And they're on the bridge, but the problem with if you're going to be if you're going to run a simulation from the original Enterprise, um, you can only play as the chef, and that's supposed to be funny a funny Easter egg for anybody who actually watched Enterprise because the last episode of that series, Riker was running a holodeck program, but he was the chef. On Enterprise, and the entire crew would just come to the um, to the galley to talk to him. So, so yes, it's like if you're going to actually run a program from the original Enterprise, you're just going to be dressed up as a chef. So then they decide to go to the original Enterprise, the the original series Enterprise, but it's the version from the animated series. And and the footnote is. The computer chose the arrow when Chekhov was replaced with the three-armed Arix without even having to be asked. Uh, ouch for Chekhov. And again, it's just one of those little cutesy footnotes. But then it decided to go to um, the uh, the 1701C from yesterday's Enterprise. And it's like, of all the captains, you're, you're going to pick Garrett, the guy who showed up like for one, the, the woman who showed up for, for one episode and was killed off. Then they end up going to, they, they run one of Data's programs where he's Sherlock Holmes and, and he takes on Moriarty. And it's, at, at this point, I just kind of stopped writing notes on all the little Easter eggs. And I'm glad I did because at the end of, um, of this issue, uh, they, um, they, they let us know where, um, where all the little Easter eggs were, were referenced. You had uh, some from, most of them were from The Next Generation. You had a couple from uh, the original series. You had the one from Enterprise, the, the animated series. But they even, the the little things, like when um, when Mariner has to report to um, to Ransom, her, her commanding officer, uh, for screwing up, for, for creating a sentient being. She created a Dracula at, in the holodeck program. So just like Moriarty was <laughs> a sentient being, now Dracula's here. A Dracula. And, a dra- <laughs> and it's, I mean, compl- he looks like, I mean, it just he compl- it's all pasty-faced, wearing the whole three-piece suit and the cloak. Um, but when she goes to talk to Ransom, he's, he's on his uh, little, um, you know, bouncy seat, like the, the ergonomic working at your core type chair and uh but 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 off panel when he goes to sit down actually from 
Mariners in the background of the panel. In the foreground is the ball he's about to sit on, but his leg is over the ball just exactly the same way Riker always comes in and sits down in a chair when he has to bring his leg over the top of it because he because Jonathan Frakes fucked up his back years ago and, and, and he can't like sit like a normal person. So that's exactly how Ransom went and sat down. And I just I think this book is extremely well done. It is one of as much as I enjoyed IDW's earlier efforts where they took the Kelvin verse and made the series out of that, or they, um, you know, with, with, with their mirror universe stuff with the next generation character, I, this is the truest. I feel like this is the truest adaptation to any of the uh, any of the series, even the Discovery stuff. That I and maybe it's nice. because it's a cartoon, maybe just because it, it it works on on the page as it does on the screen, and you just there's nothing to you're, you're not trying to get a likeness for a character or things are. Um, look a little screwy or, or the, the reference might be off. This just looks like it, they could turn this into, you could flip the pages and just, you know, watch this as a cartoon. It's just really done well. And, um, and yeah, and then you have, again, you know, the hijinks where whatever craziness is going on on the ship, because now there's a sentient Dracula, uh, not even a vampire, just Dracula, and 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 you have um, the captain and chief medical officer and the head of security. They're they're they've been they've been shuttled down to a planet that they're going to make second contact with. But now that they thought it was going to be a friendly planet that they were going back to to see how well they're based. For anybody who doesn't know about lower decks, the Ceratos, they're they deal with second contact. They're this crew follows any other Federation starship that makes first contact with a planet that's, and you make first contact when you've established that the, the planet, the, 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 the residents on the planet have established, have created, are able to work with warp drives and, and, have, and, and have uh, handled warp capabilities. And, that's when they make first contact and they invite them into the Federation. The Ceratos, the, the, the character, the crew of the lower decks, they are, their whole purpose is to just follow up and, and see how things are progressing. And, uh, and when they, when our crew heads down to this particular planet, um, this is absolutely not the planet they thought they were getting, uh, they were getting sent down to. They've absolutely broken the prime directive. Um, these people are about as um, th- they are so far from developing warp technology. I mean, they're they're chasing they're chasing the Starfleet. Uh, they're chasing these crew members with uh, torches and pitchforks. It's it's just they are <laughs> quite not ready for Mike for Myers. There's just monsters from the sky and cursed flying machines coming to steal our children. And I mean, they're just burn them all and they're witches. And it's, it's great, but it is, it's, it really is. If, if you, if you enjoy the cartoon, if you enjoy the series on Paramount plus, then, then I absolutely hundred percent recommend uh Star Trek lower decks from, from IDW. It is, uh, it's, it's my second favorite book that they're, that, that the publisher is putting out. And, nice. Uh, it, it, it may, if this keeps up, stop, um, don't say it. I, no, I'm just saying if Sophie's not going to go back to drawing the book, you sh- this may, but we'll see. 
You okay. shut your filthy mouth. This, What's this, wrong this, with this, you? This, enough room for everybody. But no, this is, I I thought I I just I absolutely. I didn't even have a little for the kids in the house. There's a little. Uh, th- there's two pages where you can spot the differences where they have a. Uh, Aww. Yeah, it's it's neat. It's it just it really is. It's it's um, I I liked it a lot. I, I still need to um, finish the year five series that um, Lansing and and Jackson had written, but because uh, I was waiting for that to finish and I can go back to it and really enjoy it. But uh, as much as I did enjoy year five. Like I said, uh, everything else IDW has been publishing for Star Trek that uh, that is based on the live action stuff. Um, so far, they they've got uh, they've got their work cut out for them if they want to beat lower decks. In uh, in my opinion, grab your torches and pitchforks. <laughs> Freaking Shrek! God, get it out of my head. That sounds interesting. It does, but you, you know what? You you uh, obviously. I mean, it's been established long before this episode that you love Star Trek, but loves the Star Trek. He does, but the uh, again, a self-professed YouTube addict like myself. Many times, I'll be scrolling through my videos and I'll see something every Easter egg in She-Hulk episode four explained. And I'm Uh like, you could hold me down and hammer a spike into my brain. And I would thank you before I had to watch that. Like all of the, 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 the Easter eggs that is maddening to me, but you love that stuff. Especially when it's Star Trek. Well, yeah. I mean, if if it was, yeah, there are, there are certain things where I'm like, yeah, okay, that, that that's cool. But I mean, it, depending on how how much you love a thing or how involved you are, exactly, in it, just because you've been familiar with it for so many years. I mean, if who, where else? And serious. I mean, this is all this is shit I've had floating around in my head since since the mid '70s. So it's like if, right. if something like this can actually call back to something like that, it's. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I and, and it just it reinforces the fact that I'm not the only person who acknowledges that. It, it's just it's and it, it it can be there are times where it's going to be a little played out or falls flat, but for the most part, depending on the context, um, it can work in its favor. It. But this was it, no, the, the, it it worked really really well here, and that's what but that's what lower decks does. That's they they just they find something from years past from episodes past and they'll uh and it, it could just be a one-off comment and if you're just if you're a casual reader or watcher you're just going to be okay whatever but if you actually get it then you get it right it's like here's a cup of coffee and the surface is rippling like we get it right you don't know now you know now you know or someone tells you vince that's damn good coffee damn good coffee See, you know exactly Oh, I miss. Damn good. I miss Twin Peaks. We'll never get it. We'll never get a fourth season. Too many people have have uh, passed. But anyway, oh, I have lonely people. I have something better. And Break it's, it off. Break him off. Something. It's filthy. It's dirty. Ooh, filth uh, <laughs> rama. It is. It is for mature readers. <laughs> uh, from Yen Press. It's written by Takahiro. With gorgeous art by Yohai Takamura. It is called Chained Soldier, Volume 1. 
So what's going on here? Okay. In this reality, human beings uh, live a segregated life. Society has been segregated. And I'm not talking by color, by gender. Uh, to illustrate, uh, there's a, a, a very uh, astute uh, couple of panels. They show uh, a train car. And the men's train car is cramped. People are all shoved in corners. They're all squished and, and, and they can't breathe and they're uncomfortable. But the women's train car is far less populated. It's spacious and comfortable. And the women are just, they're just relaxing, getting their whatever on. In, in this reality, men are submissive and women are don dominant. And so why is that? Well... Uh, Ground Central uh, is is Tokyo in this book, and Tokyo has been um, invaded, let's say, by another dimension, and the dimension is called Mato. There are gates that have sprung up in various locations around Tokyo where um, one could enter into this dimension of Mato. Within the dimension, there exists something called peaches. They're not peaches in the traditional sense. But they are sweet because they impart superpowers upon those who ingest them. And when I say those, I mean women. Men cannot gain the benefit from the peaches. Only women. So in this society, women have gained prominence because they're the ones with the superpowers and men are basically subservient right so enter uh, a young man third year high school his name is yuki wakura yuki loves to clean <laughs> okay he he loves to, to to make things proper less dirty orderly um clean right it turns out that yuki's sister there was a uh i told you the dimension's called mato well in in this reality whenever something bad happens from the mato dimension either coming from or going to they call it a mato mishap yuki's sister was involved in a mato mishap and he's lost he, she's gone Right, but uh, the dude loves to clean, and uh, so he's he's tooling around, and the story basically writes itself. Right, he wanders into an area that just happens to be a gateway into the Mato dimension, and he finds himself surrounded by creatures um, that uh, they're ogre-like. In, in in stature, they're big and they're ugly and they're seemingly mindless, but um, he, 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 he's fierce for his life. Uh, they're called Shuki, two yous. And the, the guy's basically going to die. Out of nowhere comes a beautiful, beautiful blonde woman. Her name is Kyoka Uzen. She just so happens to be the commander of the 7th Squad of the Demon Defense Force. See, that's the thing. In this reality, there are 
entities within the Mato dimension, the the Shuki, that either traipse into our dimension or people wander into their dimension and they need somebody to defend them. Here is Kyoka. And her power, she ate the peaches. It's a it's not a peach. I don't know why they call it peaches, because it's not a traditional peach. It's this glob of stuff that that people ingest and they get powers. Well, she ate it. And her power is she extracts massive strength out of those she enslaves. There's a whole dominant submission thing going on in this book that's really, I got to be honest, kind of freaking hot. But <laughs> you read it, you'll be the, you'll be the, the judge. But anyway, so they, uh, she's got this, this creature that she's riding and the the monsters just rip the shit out of it. Like, they just destroy it. So she has no other recourse but to throw up a force field. And she goes, she says to Yuki, all right, this is the last recourse. You know, I, I've only tried my power on these monsters. And I've, I've had to feed them pork and, like, they're happy. So they're my slaves. But I've never tried it on a human being. You're the first one. We have no alternative. We're going to die because I can't hold this force field forever. So here's the deal. You become my slave. She says, it's time to submit. And she looks at him and she holds her finger out. And Yuki he doesn't even think. He just licks her finger. It's so freaking hot. Like she's got her finger out and he goes, Ugh. like he licks her finger. And bazam, he turns into this freaking Egyptian looking dog monstrous creature with tattoos on it and he just starts ripping through these these monsters just tearing them apart and she's like whoa she's riding them like a dog she's they're going into battle and they're ripping these creatures apart long story short they get through it and she's like oh my god like i've never had a slave as adept as you she's like you must be rewarded so she she gives him a kiss but it's not, <laughs> it is not a typical kiss. Like she's up on top of him, buns up. She's, her tongue is like down his throat. And the the panels, if you want to see it, go to our website, 11oclockcomics.com. It's in the, the gallery for this episode. Like the the creators take great joy in very slowly showing her tongue, just licking his tongue. It's like, Ugh. so but the problem is with the other creatures she just gave them something to eat and they were happy turns out she cannot control her body when she's giving yuki her his reward she goes the distance like she's like i can't help myself i gotta suck your face and more right later on in the book we're introduced to other members of the demon defense force there's one uh, Himari that wants nothing to do with Yuki. There's another. Her name is Shushu. She has the ability to turn into a giant woman. Draw the line. Giant woman, giant cheesecake. That's where this book is going. Like her, she gets really, really big, as does her breasts, as does her buttocks, right? Whatever. There's a, an 11-year-old named Nay, and some, I'll admit, uncomfortable situations involved with the 11-year-old. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sorry. It is what it is. 
but needless to say, as the dangers increase, Kyoka's reward to Yuki mounts. Like she starts grinding on him, and he's he he loves it. Like he he will gladly become her slave, and. That's basically the gist of this book. Is a young man who stumbles upon another dimension, encounters a beautiful woman, gladly becomes his slave. I mean, he wants nothing more than to clean the base of the Demon Defense Force. That's his job. He cleans the base. He cooks their food. He's totally subservient to the women. I'm, I, this book is so freaking hot. Like, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's a man being surrounded by beautiful women who reward him with sexual favors. I'm not above the base, right? I, I love titillation. I love cheesecake. This book has it in spades. And the art by Yohai Takamura is absolutely stunning. The women are, appropriately, they're gorgeous, except for the 11-year-old. She's a kid. But um, the story's wonderful. I mean, if it, no reservations. I thought this book is great. I'm in for the long haul. And uh, maybe you will be. I don't know. <laughs> you got to put a lot of stuff on the back shelf with this book. Because it basically, the 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 starting point in from this book is men are nothing more than menial laborers who exist at the behest of women. That's the reality of this book. So, I mean, if you could suspend your disbelief for long enough to enjoy the book, maybe you will be like me and and really love it. If not, then buy something else. But I thought it was great. I like it a lot. That's great. It's a, it's a thing. I it's it's oh. no seriously they revel in the contact like when uh, Kiyoka is there's one part where she's like take my socks off and he's he's pulling these long leggings down and she's got her leg positioned in a way where her panties are like right near his face and. She, He's just like, <laughs> you know, like that's what, that's the stock and trade for this book. It's total cheesecake, total sex, total contact. Yeah, there's a story, but it's minimal at best. Like I, I it's going to go somewhere. There's, there's aspects of the Mato dimension that we haven't figured out yet. And whatever, if we get to it, yay. If not, it's just great drawing and it's 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 a little it's more than a little pervy and sleazy but so what i'm i'm in i'm in i like it a lot chain soldier volume one yen press <laughs> go get it <laughs> Damn. i don't need intellectual stimulation with everything i read now nah. when the drawing is this good i'm locked right. in yeah yeah i'm locked in Jason's like, what have we become? <laughs> oh, what an episode. I'm not the only one. If you look at the Slack, others are reading this book as well. Yeah, I don't know if that's the... I don't know if that helps your case or not. 
<laughs> well, there are people. Of course it helps my case. Oh, okay. Whatever. There's a scene with, you know, the the there's a tendency uh, Japanese bathe together, right? Well, there's a scene in which the 11-year-old is bathing with obviously not an 11-year-old. And it's it's not sexual, but there is nudity involved. And it's a little skeevy. It's a little skeevy. Mm-hmm. It's a little skeevy. But, I mean, you know, okay, so redeemed by the fact that there's no sex involved. But it still depicts an 11-year-old in a, a way that maybe they shouldn't be depicted. There's smoke, so nothing's really shown, but they're still nude. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Maybe, you know, check it out before you buy it. But, I, yeah, they're just lines on paper. Nobody's getting hurt in the making of this book. So, there you go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What would I be without manga? I don't know. Not much. You, yeah, you're definitely living that manga life. Yeah. I, well, I mean, look to the east. Go set your frame. I, re- I read a manga this week, Vince. I know. I saw that. Did you read it? Um, I, I'm I'm blanking out on what exactly it Plaza? was. Let me see. No, I did not read it. I. Uh, what is this? Yeah. Pl- How often is it that I uh, read a manga that you don't? Yeah, but who published that? Uh, it was published by uh, Living Line. I don't know what that is. It's uh, not. It's not Seven Seas. It's not Yen. I don't know what yeah, that right, is. right. It's not, it's not Seven Seas. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see here. Um, yeah, it's probably one of the reasons I saw it. It was in. It wasn't in the manga section of previews. Hmm. It was in the the main comics back part. So I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And there was a pull quote from Dash Shaw that uh, I was like, oh, okay. Because, you know, I'm a big fan of Dash Shaw's work. And uh, Did you say, hmm? No, I said, hmm, I do love it. I love Dash oh, Shaw. You like you were like, yeah. No, uh, but I, I think we're, we're going down the drawn and quarterly highway where I was just taking you to uh, Faku Press or Yen. You know what I mean? It, it's different different perspectives. Oh, but... well, this is a very different type of manga than what you just described. Yes, yes. Do continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is, yes, this is, uh, this is akin to, uh, uh, another, yeah, another, another part of the, of the manga world. Yes. Uh, this was, uh, it's by, uh, created by, uh, Yokoyama Yuichi. Um, and it's, um, uh, it, it is a. It is one of those books where um, there are no words. First of all, uh, and it is a book I believe meant to be read relatively quickly in one sitting, because the whole point of the book is a vibe. Um, in fact, in as much as uh, as I started immersing myself into it, I was like, "Am I?" Am I like? Am I missing something here? Because this is what this book seems like it's about. But, uh, but I'm, I'm not sure if I'm missing a bigger story. And then, fortunately, at the end of the work is a relatively lengthy interview 
with the creator, and he verified that uh, I think I got exactly out of the book what he intended. So I thought, oh, okay, cool. Um, so Plaza is a uh, essentially um, an American, like the the name Plaza. He kind of makes fun of it because he said it wasn't. It's sort of an Americanized take on whatever it was called originally in Japanese, which was to say that the when they were looking for what they called in with the English version, they came up with plaza because it, it was supposed to signify um, a, a giant gathering party, like a public party. And he said he realizes that plaza doesn't convey that to a lot of Americans at first. So like the, the, the title maybe isn't as, as, uh, as apt as it should have been. Uh, lost in translation, if you will. But what is the book? Well, the book is essentially uh, a um, as a picture, if you will, the insides of a very complex, seemingly endlessly layered pinball game, mm. where <laughs> you're essentially looking at six panels a page. And well, sometimes it's it's splash, but it's and, and and it's it's a rolling, not a conveyor belt, but it, it, like a moving treadmill, almost like you'd see with a parade, or uh, yeah, like a parade, you know, um, or a big or, or maybe a mix of a parade and a big concert, and all of these crazy things are happening in succession. There's there's uh, nebulous robotic people marching on moss, and then they're at the end of the conveyor belt getting sucked into holes and then outcropping of uh, giant energy fields that are zigzagging all over and, and then disappearing. And then uh, there's these uh, M Escher type uh, things that rise out of different compartments and then go away. And then there's big mechanical things. And then there's more groups of, of, of people dressed in different ways or playing crazy instruments or, uh, doing battle or dress like samurai or, or, or oh, giant yeah. flowers or groups of kaiju or uh, crazy fruit-like cubic uh, renderings that, that that almost seem surreal and, and not of this world and then and then um, uh, cart- like, like comic strip era giant cartoon characters with that are look like they're from a like a, a black and white old real cartoon blowing whistles and, 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 and playing drums and then dolphins and ghosts intertwining with each other. It's just, but it's just, it's, it's 200 pages of that nonstop with just big sound effects and big, uh, action lines. And you just, it just, it's like the never ending parade of, of gigantic bombastic crazy things one after the other and so I'm reading it, and I'm like, wow, this is – and I'm coming with it. This is like just one nonstop parade of crazy. And I'm thinking, is there a message here I'm missing? Like there's 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 like giant metal compartments open up, and then and then out come a bunch of robotic bumpies, and they fly out. And then and then these, these robotic, uh, um, uh, you know, mech come out and, and – but like rock'em sock'em robots and do battle with each other, but not in like a violent way, but more like in a mechanistic uh, performative way. And, uh, and, and I, I finished the book and sure enough, I, I, I read the, 
the re- I read the interview, and that's what he was going for. He he wanted to make a story that conveyed the emotional feeling of being at a giant public celebration, and and the 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 wonderment of that when you're when you're in it in the moment, and uh, and that's what the whole book is about. It's just his. Like if he had unlimited budget and unlimited time to put on the world's greatest parade ever, this would it would look like. Yeah, Yokoyama did new engineering, which is amazing. You got me on this one. I'm I'm with you. And and the art is it's 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 very graphic. It's big, thick, bold line, black ink line. Uh, Really sharp shapes. This is a really clean, crisp lines. Um, very, very geometric, very graphic. The panels are, he gets more and more experimental with the panels as he goes on. Like I said, it starts with six panel grids, but then by the end, it's zigzags and crisscrosses and everything, but uh, and more and more symbology to signify like symbols and words. And it's just, it. it's one of those things where uh, it's so strange and yet so satisfying. And I loved that the feeling he wanted to convey is exactly what I took from it. And that's pretty cool because like I said, in the beginning, I'm like, Oh, am I missing? Like, what's the point of this exactly? But then by the end, I'm like, Oh damn. So super fun. Not the kind of thing I could see revisiting, rereading, because I think once you've had the emotional experience of it, uh, you've, you've gotten the point. Um, so I will be including this in, in our upcoming care packages that mm-hmm. we're sending. Mm-hmm. Oh wait till no. I read it first. And, no, 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 no. no. I, I don't you can buy yourself a copy there, Miser, over Mister Manga. You can get yourself a copy. The Jesus. one thing about Yokoyama is that he is a master of integrating typography. With, yes. Yeah. Oh man, he's so good with. There is a ton of typography in this. Yes. Um, and and uh, admittedly, most of it is is in. Uh, Japanese kanji, right? So it's, it's as it should be. You no, know, right. But so I don't, yeah. I don't know what it says. I'm gonna have to go with it. But, but, uh, but yeah, no, it just, just really, really neat. It's rare when you've been doing this for as long as we have, and we've read as many comics for me to say I've never read anything like this, and I probably won't ever read anything like this ever again. Um, uh, regift so, it. Hmm? Regift it. So, I'm gonna regift it. Um, but, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really. Uh, happy and it's and the guy seems like a pretty like one of those crazy art type artists like crazy oh, artists because he was talking about how this was originally called Heroba and it rep it was the second in what was going to be a, a, a series of five um stories that he told and he was like he says think of star wars with its multiple epic episodes except that none of the episodes have any real story and nothing special happens to you when you read any of them <laughs> I'm like, well, what's how's it like Star Wars? And then he went in. But then he said he got bored and he gave up. So he said he only made this one. This was supposed to be this was supposed to be one of five, but he only ever made this one. And then thought, no, I'm gonna move on to something else. Respect. So, you gotta yeah. respect that. Yeah. Yeah. So um but like I said, it was it was wild and a visual spectacle and a very it's a quick read, and I think intentionally so. Because I know sometimes it's like you don't sometimes you rush through comics, you don't take your time. And you're you're not wrong, but but in this case, I do think you're supposed to pick up speed as you go. Like you're supposed to just let this wash over you and react to it in the moment and not overthink the panels. They're just there to give you a vibe. Which is insane considering the amount of time it takes to produce he must those have taken panels. Years yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
I look forward to seeing it in two weeks. Yep. It's probably going to be out, out, out in the ether by then. But. Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, we'll see. Knife fight. Yeah, hey everybody thank you for being here with us one more time around we hope you come back next week in the meantime please check out our patreon site patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics one one no apostrophe it's gonna inflame with new york comic-con there's gonna be stuff on there that you're not gonna be able to see anywhere else grassroots ground level reporting of new york comic-con we're the best at what we do so check it out on our site patreon.com 11 o'clock comics. In your travels, I have more manga. Yes, it's true. But this is much more family-friendly and heartwarming. If you go to the Shonen Jump site or the app, you can read this. If you're not a, a subscriber of Shonen Jump, why? It's like $2 a month. It is ridiculously cheap for the amount of manga you get. But anyway, Shonen Jump. It is written and illustrated by Shinpei Watanabe. It is called Genka and Luna. There's an umlaut over the U. Actually, the G is silent. It's G-L-U with an umlaut and A. It's pronounced Luna. Genka and Luna. Chapter 1. Second chapter's up, but I didn't read it yet. So I'm going to talk about chapter 1. What is it about? Well... Uh, Luna is a young lady who lives in an incredibly unforgiving environment. Bitterly cold, snowing all the time, uh, precipices covered with snowdrifts. It's 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 really unforgiving and it's a bad environment. Why does she live alone? Well, mom died of a horrible disease. She never knew her father. And she's just trying to survive in this environment. Uh, is, even the, the most mundane of tasks, like securing food, is difficult. Uh, and she encounters, and this speaks to the character of Luna, she encounters a snowman. A snowman. This, well, you, you know, a snowman with... with, with you know, charcoal eyes and buttons down the midriff and two sticks hanging out of it. And she she puts her hat and her scarf on the, on the snowman because the snowman looked cold in this environment. Turns out the snowman wasn't really a snowman. The snowman is the titular Ginka, who was a magician, magic user, that um, unfortunately lost a battle with a magician far more powerful than he, and uh, his life force left his body and had no recourse but to seek the snow to reanimate his life force. So it it, it is a, it is a, a being animated in the body of a snowman, and Luna wants nothing more than to be a magician. She wants to be a magic user, and he's like, well. I know magic. I can teach you. And so he does. He teaches her magic. So when the story opens, Luna's a a young child, but when the story, the first chapter ends, she's not. And uh, it's just, uh, he's, so he's a snowman in a very harsh, frigid environment, but she has finished her magical studies. He can't teach her anymore. And she wants to see the world where he's like, all right, see you later. Have a good time. I can't go with you. I'm a snowman. I'll melt. 
So she's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not going unless you come with me. So she figures out a way to take him with her. And thus begins the story. It's just, the, I mean, you've seen the panel on our um, on our Slack. Mike DiCarlo posted it. It is a gorgeous, disturbing, four-titted, two-headed goat demon creature that they fight and uh it's amazing and it's 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 not it's for everyone it's not explicit it's it's uh like i said all ages so far and i think you should check it out beautifully drawn uh luna's she's a pip and ginka is is a snowman and it's wonderful go read it uh tokyo not tokyo pop viz.com Go to Sean Jump, and you can read it for freaking $2 a month, among many other things. My Hero Academia and One Piece. And th- there's so much on the Shonen Jump site that you can read for a lousy $2 a month. Blue Box, um, Tokyo Demon Bride Story, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, Boruto, if you're a fan of Naruto. Uh, there's just so much here and it's like two dollars a month don't be a cheapskate dr stone you can read dr stone on here dragon ball whatever i like this series a lot and i'm gonna keep an eye on it uh you meant mike delvecchio right i did say mike delvecchio what did i say mike DeCarlo. i don't know who, i'm thinking freaking archie that's what i think DeCarlo. You're thinking of I'm just of, uh, I'm, Gold. I'm just <laughs> you're totally. just you're getting turned on shitty wine. It's great. It's horrible. It's horrible wine. It's not even uh, wine. It's not even it's salad dressing. It's, it's vinegar. Yeah. It's, it's shit. You should have some just Chainsaw and, Man. You could read Chainsaw Man on viz.com for two dollars a month. I think One Piece is the mic drop. If you could read all of One Piece for two dollars a month. There's the drop, but Doctor Stone, the yeah Gl- uh, Ginka and Luna, like it's just great. Dad Dan Dan, like shut up, just join. Shut up, shut up and join it. Shut I'm up. a member. I'm a subscriber. You should be too. This is freaking shit wine. Why am I drinking it? <laughs> oh man, am I gonna be sick tomorrow? I think I am. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was I, I I was gonna talk about something, but it was probably also gonna go long, so I'll just keep with the manga going and um, say that I finally uh, I was able to get my hands on and I'm subscribing to it through the through my local shop, um, Crazy Food Truck. So I read the first volume. Oh, nice! Absolutely, Attaboy. It's it's. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Why does he get an Attaboy? Because I read boy when Crazy you, when Food you, Truck and said you needed to read it. I you did read it. When you said he, Jason gave you an attaboy when you got around to reading it. Yeah. Because <sighs> it's rare when I, I read a manga first and then be like, you know, I gets to read this. Right. I don't think you So you got to it before first. I did. I found the shop had one on the shelf. I grabbed it. And I subscribed to it now. It's only for the second volume. But this was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I, I, I like Gordon a lot. Gordon's one of my favorite characters now in 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 comics and manga, um, but uh, yeah, um, I'm can watch 
it's a, any day. I mean, any anything she wants to do is fine. But it, these these chapters were uh, they were a lot of fun for the most part. I mean, aside from when you've got this the bullies and the army trying to take over a town, but um, but the art's fantastic and the, the watching my man go around looking for looking for food and 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 the dishes he's making with them um but like i said uh gordon's a great character he's just matter of fact and and he's just trying to make food and and sell it to people to give them what they want and and arissa when she's not eating everything uh or or fishing giant goddamn monsters out of the uh <laughs> out of the earth it's just i you know i I, I like that we're not getting super bogged down with why the world is the way it is. Uh, obviously, stupid people did stupid things and 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 put everybody in this situation. But um, you know, I, whether we get anybody's origin, I'm, I, that's not what's driving me to right. keep reading this. I just the the action's fantastic. The art, like I said, I, I, I keep talking about the art. It's, it's it's wonderful. Um, it's and and I am not even going to the story and art by uh, Rokuru Agaki and and it is it's yeah I, I think um, you should definitely get on it if you haven't yet. Um, cannot wait to see where it's going to go from here. Uh, obviously, Gordon has a past and he is I want to say being hunted, but there are people who um, because of the situation this young woman put Gordon in. He can't really kind of just go quietly into the night. It's there's, it is crazy. There is a food truck. It's all right here in title. I, I it's, it's, listen, it's truth in advertising, man. I don't know what to tell you. I just, I love the fact that Vince is just completely ripped on this shit. It's crazy. There's a food truck. It's oh, crazy. Fuck. There's a food truck. There's, there's food titties. Truck. That's, it's right it's, here. It's, it's super it's, sexy, it's, though. It's all you fucking need. It, but no, isn't it? Like, let's be honest. Isn't it ridiculously sexy? Super fucking sexy. Right? And she's just like, and she walks into the, to, to the, to the brewery and she's like, oh, I'm hot. And she fucking rips the goddamn top off and everybody's just standing there. It's like, yeah. She's. Yeah, she can catch it as a yeah, drawing, but yeah. it's, it's no, it, 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 yeah, seriously, in your travels, um, from Viz Media on the, the Viz Signature line, a crazy food truck, and uh, enjoy it, and and yeah, so I don't know if you can really get away with making the recipes. You might have to substitute some ingredients, but uh, I, I, I love the fact that uh, you've got some of uh, Gorn's recipes in the back of the book. You want to hear something disgusting? Maybe. Do I? Mia loves salmon. Oh, which is cool. I mean, who doesn't love salmon? Had some tonight. She eats the skin. Skin's the best part. Oh my god! Are you kidding me? No. Potatoes. That's totally different. Totally. You know they. You know they. They actually. They're in sushi restaurants. You can order salmon skin rolls. I'm out. Nope. Mm-mm. I'll try that. No, I, nope. dude, I absolutely, I, all the salmon I make, whether it with the sous vide, pan seared, whatever, it's 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 skin on. The only time uh, I man. remove the skin is if I'm making salmon burgers. And then what I do is, I'll, like, on a Saturday, I'll 
throw the skin in a pan, get some of the fat out of it. Stop. So now now it's crispy like it's bacon, but I'm now going to cook the potatoes or whatever else I'm making my omelet with in that in that oil and i'm just yeah that's my my my, my morning's made i loved salmon skin i would just if i could just any all right then well cheese again so it's no big deal but they they ate skin so it's it's but no yeah i'm Mm. not that's not disgusting bro no 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 yeah and and i mean it's also a great source of omega-3 fatty acids oh there you go wow no well that's important i mean well sure not to to get off my uh on the podium but if if you're not taking omega-3 supplements you should be um but uh yeah so i'm with you dapping in fact wait beth made 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 the salmon tonight and i was eating it and she's like how come you're not eating the skin she's like you always eat the skin and i'm like ah i'm like it's gonna be I'm gonna finish. I'm, that's gonna be like the pièce de résistance. Yep. Oh my god! I'm so yeah. fucking done. Stop. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> wait, did, it didn't backfire. Do you eat? It. Do you eat leather? Like why don't you eat cow skin? Why would we go to New York Comic Con and get the all-you-can-eat soup for getting some salmon skin roll? You're gonna love. Oh hell no, no. Why would I eat leather? Right. There's, why would you eat salmon that, skin? You just got them telling me that. The skin of a potato. If you don't peel the potato, that's, that's totally different. different. It's a vegetable. So, so a... why why would you think leather and salmon skin are because they're are the same? Because they're the same thing. They're really they're, not. They're the outer extremity of the creature. Yes, it is. Okay, but hold on a second. The leather is tanned and aged and processed yes. to being what it is. Oh my god! After it's, you've already consumed the rest it, of the cow, but it yes, falls it's... under the category of shit you should not eat. Which no, is the same right. as no. freaking salmon skin. Yeah. All right. No. Blah, I'm done. Enough of the nonsense. Right. Um, you. In your travels. Oh, it's nonsense because I said it. No, well, see, you just yeah, I mean, feel silly yeah. now because I'm about to shower you with those hummus. So, in your travels, um, I first became aware of this creator thanks to uh, our curmudgeonly uh, anti salmon skin. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, anti-salmon oh. sounds way too close to anti-semite. Can you not? Well, you're anti-salmonetic. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I, okay, I will open it up that if they cook it in a way where it doesn't have that slobbery, slimy, disgusting, floppy consistency, uh-huh. maybe oh, I'll eat it. Crisp. It's got to be crisp. Yeah, it's got, just like crispy bacon. No one wants Okay, that's that's different. Like, that's different. Right enough, yeah. I, I but will that, throw up if I if my bacon isn't absolutely crisp, but if it's crispy, you. I'll eat it till the cows come home. Right. I, I, can, okay. I got no preference back, for bacon. Back to in your travels. Okay. Um, Please. Vince it's turned bacon. me on to this creator thanks to their breakout work Sabrina a few years ago. Oh. Mr. Nick Dernasso. And Nick is back at it uh, through Drawn and Quarterly, uh, his new magnum opus, Acting Class. Nice. Um, If you've read Sabrina or other of Nick's works, you know going in what you're going to get in that uh, Nick is um, one of a handful of modern creators who looks at the human condition in a very sus way he's he's pretty um biting in his view of the world um as am i right right as i think we all have at least 
part of us are can can feel that. Uh, but acting class, acting class is um, a story, as you might imagine, about a bunch of uh, people from all walks of life who sign up for a free acting class at a community center. And there's a dozen people. There's a, and each of these people is introduced in, uh, in, he, he takes his time. I should mention this is Nick's biggest work by far. It's, it's uh, almost 300 pages. It's about 50, 60 pages larger than Sabrina. It's uh, two, two times as large as, uh, as, as his, um, uh, his first graphic novel. Uh, so he's, he's uh, Beverly. I couldn't think of the name Beverly. Um, so it's 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 definitely the room to breathe in this one. Uh, and essentially, we're introduced to each of the people who join the class and get little glimpses into their lives. Um, and they seem pretty normal. You've got a, a couple that's trying to spice things up because their marriage has gotten stale. You've got um, a grandmother who's uh, got somewhat of a re- reclusive, maybe. Uh, maybe autistic. It's not quite clear at the beginning, but like maybe the grandma seems to be very, very much in a caretaking mode for her adult granddaughter. But but she's trying to get her out and about and experiencing things. You've got a, a muscle bound dude who's who's like pure macho, and you're wondering like, is there more to this? Like, is he like overcompensating? You've got this. You've got this 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 gentleman who comes into the class and, and goes straight to the back wall like a wallflower and doesn't really want to engage at first and um, but the point is, is is you're introduced to each of these people and they seem like the kind of people that you may be or know or 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 have come across they're relatively average people and their instructor is a gentleman named John Smith and he even jokes about what a what a what a basic name he has and um, and the conceit here is is it's uh, I think it's three or four lessons that are free, and then if you stick around, you got to pay. And we experience those those free lessons, um, and they start off like you would expect any. I've never participated in a acting class of any kind, but it seems like probably the way I picture it would be if it were real. Which is, he has them doing some exercises about uh, role playing or putting putting them in scenarios where they may be out of out of their comfort zone and, and having them um, react to them. And at first, it's all very normal, right? Like it's you reading this new thing. Okay, it's a slice of life book about a bunch of random people that are brought together to learn how to act, and they're probably going to have some interesting interactions between one another and maybe be better for it. Well, I should have known better because this is a Nick Dronasso book. That is not at all what ends up happening. Um, we go down the rabbit hole and learn more and more about these people. And part of the way we learn about them is uh, uh, the instructor continues to put them in stranger positions. Like they have to drive way out into the boonies and end up being at a, a strange place where he wants to have a meeting. They, they they end up having one of the classes at his home and end up staying there for, you know, till the wee hours of the night uh, because he has them all laid down and, and start um, and just go deep in their own thoughts and start letting their mind take them into a, a journey. And they all end up having these these deep, almost like vision quest thoughts. And they essentially fall asleep or pass out and don't wake up until the middle of the night. And they're like, what the fuck? Why didn't you wake us up? Um, and it just keeps going from there. So it goes from like really mundane, normal, like, oh, of course, I'm sure lots of people in a city end up taking a community class, whether it be figure drawing or acting or improv. And it, evol- it evolves over the course of these nearly 300 pages into this really, like, difficult to stomach look at 
the flaws of each of these people's lives, some self-imposed, some not, and how desperate they are and why they ended up going to this class in the first place. What made them seek out this kind of, of experience or companionship? And it ends with a jaw-on-the-floor uh, climax mm-hmm. that I will not come close to hinting at or giving away. But I'm like, damn, like it was wonderful. It, it wonderful in the sense that it's an incredibly well done book. Uh, very off putting, uh, put in your stomach, pit in your stomach kind of, of thing. Um, also, and I don't remember if you talked about this with Sabrina, um, and I don't remember it as much as Sabrina, so maybe it's a conceit specifically for this book. But one of the things about Dernasso's cartooning that is so creepy is every single person in the book has the same face. Yes. And for something like this, it really has an effect because it's just, it's like there's a grandmom and a wife and a husband and a kid and they all have the exact same face, the same, <laughs> same thin lips, the same little red lipstick on the lake. And, and so it's almost like reading a children's storybook, like a Richard Scary book. Only they're doing fucked up things and yes. saying fucked up things to each other. And it's, it's so off-putting because there's no facial expressions. <laughs> it's like all in the words and the sittings. And and the other thing is, Ternasso suffers no fools. He is a very challenging storyteller in that there are no obvious... Um, in, there are no visual indications of when he's flashing back, when you're in their minds and it's an imagination, and when it's actually happening, like their real eyes are happening. It's it's up to you to put in the effort as you're reading this based on what you're seeing on the page to concluding which state you're in, whether it's the past, the current, or in their minds. Um, but I thought it was a really thought, as with all his books, I thought the underlying message about loneliness and desire to fit in and our um, how much we can bastardize our own... Um, idiosyncrasies are our own failings and, and, and let them eat us apart from the inside. If we, if we're not careful, all covered here in, in this wonderful wrapper of what seems to be a very normal happenstance. So huge thumbs up and definitely in the hunt for myocloskers. Um, wow. Nice. No, I'm not even going to, cause the question is, well, how does it compare to Sabrina? I, I I think they're just wholly different things. I mean, Sabrina was awesome, amazing too. So, I, but I don't. I think this is different. This is a, he's taking he's he's taking a different part of his fascination with the human condition and, and investigating it here in acting class that versus what he was doing with Sabrina. When did you get this? Um, a shipment or two ago. So maybe in your next shipment. Wow. I, I get the weeks. So, okay. Okay. Can't maybe, wait. Maybe either last week or the week before. Sounds great. Yeah, it's really good. Look at you getting to jump. Always. By the way, I have to give credit to uh, the Comics Journal reviewed this, and uh, Tim Hayes reviewed it, and he used a term that I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of words. Uh, I, I, I'm always blown away by people's choices of words especially when you're trying to write reviews and you've written a thousand reviews or what have you, he calls Dernasso's art style endothermic minimalism. And I was like, oh my God, that that is so wonderful in that it's spot on and it's something that no one else is ever going to say about a comic book ever again. 
I'd be reaching for my belt buckle. What? I'd be getting excited. Oh, oh, okay. We're going to take your belt off and, and like, like, like slap him. Yeah, it. right? That's a good, it, it's a good phrase. Wonderful phrase. Look at you, all grown up. Yeah. Long way from X Men, isn't it? No. Uh, <laughs> no. And turning his nose up at all, right? Seriously. Right? Those days? Who's this guy? Oh, oh man, that was 15 years ago. Mashed potato boy over here, Frank, quietly. What the hell? We're, <laughs> we're not going to let you forget that. But anyway. No, hey, everybody. Uh, come back next time. I believe it's Book of the Month, isn't it? No. Well, it depends on if we if this our next regularly scheduled episode is not the book of the month. Obviously, if, yes. we, if, we, if we if we made the book of the month in between those two dates, but we have to yes. figure that. Out. Uh, next time is what are we doing? A, a theme episode like suggested <laughs> by the. We'll, we we'll, we'll tell you after. Apparently, Vince is also going to be surprised as well as the seriously audience. So that's great. That's all right. I love surprises. Yes. So, so do we. Woo. <laughs> So, so well, the guess is he's waiting to get ringed up, but it's yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, we got a guess next time. Nice. I spoiled it. I'm sorry. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, come back next time when who knows what we'll do. Seriously. We don't. We don't know. But you know what? You'll have a good time doing it. That's why uh, we're here. Yes, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Go to the Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, Facebook, massive presence on those things. And in the meantime, buy some comics, love who you love, be nice to people you don't, and say goodnight. Hallmark Channel, soon. Mm -hmm. Shut up. Hallmark Channel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't wait. Christmas House, Volume Four. Dude, Holden said to me this week, "Dad, what's the earliest we can play Christmas music?" I'm like, oh. "Today." I'm like, I'm "Like, let's crank it up." Dude. I think I've turned a corner. You know what? I used to hate Christmas movie, or uh, sorry, Christmas music. But if it comes with Christmas movies on the Hallmark Channel, fire that shit up, Dave. Nice. You just said it? I did. Okay, good night. I was going to make the chair squeak. But... Countdown. Ten. Nine. <laughs> That's creepy. Sorry. Dap, are you also feeling so official this year? And I'm not including Vince because he just got his press approval today. So he's oh going to be experiencing. No, you're going to be experiencing from here forward, but you haven't been. Um, I feel like they're... Like I feel more official this year. Like I'm, we're getting like lots of, like uh, you know, PR from like, like yeah, like yeah, like yeah. places where I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm like, do you really want to talk to us? Like I know, sure? like, yeah. like yeah. Max reaching out. I'm like, oh, whoa, like, whoa, whoa. why wouldn't they want to talk to us? Well, I mean, I, I, we don't. Do we ever? We don't hobnob with. No, but with, maybe they're discovering what everybody else already knew. Oh no, no doubt. But what I'm saying is, that it, this year it seems like I'm guessing it's more of a there. The uh, Reed is probably working harder to provide a conduit so that the they had to work to get all these media companies back to New York Comic Con because of the pandemic. And then they're probably like, all right, we're going to make sure that we're going to get you connected to everybody that's getting press passes. And 
you know, to an extent, they're probably going to use it as like a, well, who did you talk to out of the million people we asked you to talk yeah. to? Yeah. Like, oh. That's cool. I mean, if we had talked yeah. to somebody making tchotchkes out of wood and plaster, then so what? We will. It's all fun. I, w- I got to say, I wouldn't mind uh, sitting down with Mindy Kaling, Dad, and talking about Velma. Oh, boy. Dude, it's an adult Velma cartoon. That's going to be lit. I get the, of course it is, but I get the bad rap. Me. What? I'm the pig. And you're talking about freaking. Mindy Kaling's a real human being. I, I know. What? Yeah, and she's cute. She is cute. From the office, yeah. And everything else. Yep. And her Audible commercials. Audible. Read the books. Read the books, listen to podcasts. Yep. Did you say David? I didn't even hear you. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. When right before, right before I answered Jason, yes, because that's when the time hit. You didn't say David. I did. Mm. And you know, I mean, the good thing we're being recorded. You know. Yeah. Put it in the comments. See if he said it. I don't think he said it. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't hear it. Whatever. If you didn't hear it, didn't happen. No, it's all good. Come back next time. We'll be here. With a beverage and a sandwich, because we love you so much. Tell them you love no them. Sandwich. Well, not, not no, no. Well, unless it's GF. Oh, it bread, has to be GF bread, because there's right. no other and kind. No, because you and as far a sandwich as, while we're doing the show. And as far as a drink, don't bring that wine. No, because it's shit. It's turnt. Turnt wine. <laughs> tell the wine turned itself. Did you tell them you love? Did you tell them you love them? Of course you did. Yeah, I mean, it's always given, but yes, I do love them. Most nice. Of them. Right. Come to you New York Comic Con. We're going to get amazing time at New York Comic Con. And I'm going to have a brand spanking new tattoo. In your oh, boy. Yeah. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be a piece of GF toast. Yep. Can you imagine? No. It actually would that not. Would that's weird. a most realistic piece of toast. And you're on. Not only is it toast. I think my skin tone is bad for that. Shading, man. Yeah, you could be yeah. an egg. You can be an egg. Get a tattoo of an egg. Salmon skin. No. Ooh. Too dark. Yeah. Nice crispy. Maybe like a like a, a nice like sushi roll. We're gonna eat all the sushi. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna eat so much sushi, it's gonna break records. <laughs> yep. Big <laughs> bro kills. That's it for that one.